Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walk in studio on this Friday morning. Mark Dykton informs me that the curse of Jake Query is alive and well. Yes. So I got in today. I'm sitting at where Jake normally sits for the show. I'm a little skeptical about this. And I go to log in. It says, your account is locked. Contact administrator. I'm like, what the hell? I was doing show prep and everything like that, watching the mm-hmm. game last night. No issues. Nothing. Log in this morning. Locked out. I was like, Sam, come here. Look at this. And Sam confirms that that is exactly the case. Cannot access uh, my email. Can't access any hard drives or anything like that. So I'm not sure what's going on. But apparently... I'm on the naughty list or something. So Jake is gone. Mark making sure he's carrying the Jake torch, yeah. sitting in that chair, creating technology problems. I wanted to walk out in the street and wave, see if a car would pick me up today. <laughs> Trying to shake this curse. Good Friday morning to you. It is a very crisp start to this fall morning. I did see high, I think, in the low 60s, but I would think a chill in the air tonight as... High school football playoffs continue for the lower classes, and 5A and 6A get underway. We'll have Greg Rakestraw on a little bit later to chat about that. Uh, No IU and Purdue this weekend on the gridiron, um, but we've got, obviously, the Colts in action with the Commanders. The Pacers will have a game tonight with the Wizards, and then they've got a back-to-back with the Nets to round out the road trip. It's ESPN tonight. Again, I'm still thinking someone over there, the worldwide leader, just pressed the wrong button and somehow put Pacers and Wizards on ESPN for tonight. Uh, And the World Series begins tonight. Sam Fritz is very excited about his Phillies. I think I'm excited because this is everything Philadelphia thinks it is is really what it is this year. Philadelphia likes to imagine itself as an underdog, usually when it's not. But the Phillies are not supposed to be here. Everyone can agree. No one saw the Phillies making it past the Braves, at least. And now we're in the World Series. They're the first World Series team with an interim manager. I don't know. Early, early baseball might have had a couple of interims, but I can I can look that factoid up. I mean, hell, early baseball was your third baseman was your pitcher and your manager, and he was selling popcorn in between innings. Uh, game one tonight will be in Houston. Game two tomorrow. Two three two is the format. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. The City of Philadelphia will get games three, four, and then, you know, as long as it's not a sweep, they'll get game five, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, and then Thursday night football will be Eagles hosting the Texans. Last night on Thursday night football, Ravens over the Bucks. I, I don't know about you, Mark, but I was sitting there watching the Ravens pull away, and the final score is 27-22. It's they Eagles had at Texans, by the way. Oh, it is? Eagles yeah. at Texans. Um. The Ravens, you know, were pretty much in control once they took the lead in the yeah. second half of that game. And I'm thinking they're saying to myself, is the NFC South worse than the AFC South? I mean, that's a pretty fair question to ask because, yeah, Tom Brady in the offense, I don't know what's going on. Like, you keep waiting. You're like, all right, they have all these weapons. Let's get going. Let's get going. And then they just stumble, and they can't, they can't do anything once they get to, like, the red zone or – 
they get they get a scoring play and it's called back for a penalty. It happened what multiple times last night. So, I mean, it is wild. That is the, I mean, yeah. God bless the NFC South is what the Bucks are going to be <laughs> right, saying exactly because yeah they're they're three and five but I mean and, and Tom Brady is clearly in a fog at the moment but they've got that going for them that they've got the Panthers the Saints and you know the Falcons just hanging out just chilling you so, know we, we have a game in uh, we have a game in London on Sunday we've got three intrastate matchups this weekend in the NFL Packers Bills is a pretty cool like cross-conference matchup uh-huh. on Sunday night football um the biggest game of the weekend one might argue the Panthers and the Falcons the winner of that will be leading the NFC South at the midway point of the season PJ Walker versus Marcus Mariota the winner of that you could have the interim Panthers Steve Wilkes and yep. the Panthers be leading the NFC South at the midway point of the season. If they really want to be like the AFC South, they'll tie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about the only thing missing right now, right? Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a perfect 8-for-8 eight eight after halftime last night. A couple of touchdowns, and Tom Brady has lost three games. First time in his career, right? Yeah. And first time under five hundred by multiple games in his career. And he was on the verge of not scoring a touchdown, and then he finally got one, but they said that would have been the first time since like 2006 where – He'd gone back-to-back games without a touchdown pass. So he got one late. He salvaged it, but it wasn't looking good. Yeah, kind of a backdoor touchdown there mm-hmm. late by the Bucks. Again, 27-22, the Ravens moved to 5-3 and three on the season. Banged up Ravens. They lost Mark Andrews early in that game. Again, the skill talent, the pass catchers around Lamar Jackson leave a lot to be desired. Rashad Bateman exited early as well. I was surprised he didn't. Lamar wasn't running as much as... He usually does. I yeah, felt like he, he was just, very cont- he's very in the pocket a lot of the times and I barely got that up. over of forty it was like forty two yards. Forty three, yeah. He 43. ended up with forty three. But yeah, he there was a there was an odds boost on FanDuel and it was like or forty yards and whatever. And I'm like, I was sweating that out. I didn't think I was I thought that was easy money. But it came down to the end where he finally got over it. Again, the Colts injury report pretty good again from yesterday. Shaquille Leonard is a full participant. He sounds like a guy that's gonna give it a go here on Sunday afternoon. You know, we've talked so many different angles with this matchup, off the field, on the field, et cetera. Mark, there is a one-on-one. Well, I guess I'm hoping that it turns into some one-on-one moments from Sunday that I'm really looking forward to in what I think is a great receiver and just doesn't get a lot of probably national notoriety. And, you know, maybe some of it is because we aren't in the NFC market. But Terry McLaurin versus Stephon Gilmore? That should be a fun one. Get your popcorn ready oh, for yeah. that one. Yeah. Obviously, we saw Gilmore a few weeks back with Cortland Sutton, and Terry McLaurin's a much different wideout. We'll play some audio a little bit later from him. The Indy native uh, has had this one circled because I don't know if fans realize this, but if you are basically this could be Terry McLaurin's only game he plays in the city of Indianapolis his entire career if he's a commander throughout his career. You only – play the cross-conference games uh, every eight years in that city. So in four years, the Colts will go to, to, to D.C., but it'll be another eight years before Washington comes back here to Indianapolis. So, you know, from that angle and just that individual matchup, Terry McLaurin's got to be the best wideout the Colts have seen this year, right? Is he better than Cortland Sutton? Oh, I would say so, yeah. I don't think Kansas City's got any wideout that would qualify 
has that. Obviously, the AFC South, <laughs> those have been your other games, and uh, Lord knows. Yeah, that that's a good point. That's no that's, other wideout. He's going to so. be the first like legit test for yeah. the Colts secondary. And I mean, you're going to see Devontae Adams. You're going to see Justin Jefferson. You're going to see Deontay Johnson. Um, you're going to see some pretty good wideouts here the rest of the way. We'll see about the health of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the road, obviously the Eagles with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But you know that matchup, Mark, again, it's not Ellinger. It's not Snyder versus Ursay. It's not whatever other storyline we've talked about. Uh, but I think that'll be a fun one. Yeah, that should be fun. And I'm I'm curious your thoughts on who you think will get the better of that matchup. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I feel a little ashamed to say this. I haven't watched a ton of Terry McLaurin, which I mean, he went to the same high school I did, and and I have enjoyed like hearing more about his story and 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 all of that. Seems like a really good dude, uh, and puts up pretty impressive numbers. Um, and I think he's more of like, I think he's got a little like Reggie Wayne technician to him. Yeah, and maybe Reggie's a little bit more relevant on my mind because he did chat with the media yesterday. I want to get to some of those comments. About the Sam Ellinger move and what that means for Reggie's wideout group um, coming into Sunday. I feel like, like McLaurin's going to be Ta- Taylor Heineke's like go-to guy just for comfortabil- comfortability. Well, like, I had some huge plays last week in yeah, beating Green Bay. I mean, Bay. he went to him down down the stretch, and yeah. he made every catch that he threw his way. So, yeah, I, I'd say he's going to be targeted early and often if you're Taylor Heineke. Again, good Friday morning to you. Um, kind of a crisp start to this Friday here in the city of Indianapolis. Greg Rakestraw on at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor on at 9. I don't know if anyone cares, but I do think some people have asked me, and we'll confirm with Matt Taylor. Uh, Sam Ellinger. Not Jer. Ger. Don't know if anyone cares, but um, Matt Taylor probably does. And I saw he had a... I felt like he was describing like Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. He was like "gur," like you know, "gurrific" on the pronunciation. Gur, like great, like frosted well, flakes. Yes, uh, Tony the Tiger there on that one. Uh, Jake gave us his pick, right? He's got he a did. high scoring game. He did. He went on. Yeah, he he gave us the pick because I was like, I don't know what time it is by you, but give us a pick at some point. So he gave us a pick, and then I mean, I don't know. I won't spoil it now. No, we'll. Reveal that a little bit later in the show. Give our locks from this weekend. Again, no IU, no Purdue. The college football slate, if you are a Colts fan, I think there's a game that you want to watch on Saturday afternoon. Um, Ohio State, Penn State at noon. I mean, sure, I think some people will be watching that. Notre Dame at Syracuse. Uh, yeah, Selfishly, I'll be watching that. Um, Mark, you've got Kentucky versus Tennessee on Saturday afternoon from Neyland Stadium. Mm-hmm. And if we are under the assumption that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young will be the quarterbacks taken at the top of this draft, mm-hmm. and you're looking for kind of the next tier of quarterbacks, and we're still early in this process, um, I would say two QBs in that game would qualify as that. One Will Levis for Kentucky and Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. So Colts fans that are looking to get a little bit of a – Glimpse at who could be available. Um, I think that game should have your eyes. Yeah, and it's never too early to promote next week. We've got Dane Brugler coming on, so we can get a little bit of a deeper dive into some quarterbacks who might be available in the 2023 draft. Yeah, always and, uh, get, get his thoughts on that. Dane's great, so that should be a fun conversation. Yeah, Dane Brugler again covers the draft from the Athletic. You've heard him on this show before, so 
Um, looking forward to that one. Tart Glenn going in the Ring of Honor this Sunday. I was thinking about this yesterday. The the Tart Glenn story is pretty wild. He was drafted in. I want to make sure I got the year right. I I want to say it was just the year before Peyton. I think it was ninety seven. And yeah, ninety seven. He's a nineteenth overall pick in ninety seven. Mark, he starts as a right guard here. And Howard Mudd goes up to Tark Glenn. I think he actually flies out to, I believe, the Bay Area. Tark went to Cal. I think he still lives out there. Went up to him leading into that 98 season and was like, we're going to draft Peyton Manning one overall, and we're moving you to left tackle. And you're going to be the left tackle for Peyton Manning. Right guard to left tackle is quite the jump. I yeah. think we've seen a certain cult this year try and attempt that, and it <laughs> hasn't say. gone very well. Uh, and Tarek Glenn pulled that off and had a pretty darn impressive career here in Indianapolis. Retired early. I think that's probably what a lot of fans remember was right after that Super Bowl. He hangs it up. I think if you would ask him, he has some regrets about that. Uh, he was 31 years old. He's told the story about... You know, specifically watching those playoff games in you know 07, 08, 09, right after he retired and having some regret about that. And I don't know. I feel like if Tart Glenn would have hung around, I don't know. Maybe the Colts get another Super Bowl. It's always those what you know what ifs and everything. I mean, and early retirements I know happen, and obviously we're seeing a little bit more of that today. But. Um, well-deserved him going in the ring, ring of honor. Reggie Wayne was thrilled yesterday in talking about Tarek Glenn. Sounds like a pretty good group coming to town. I don't believe Tony Dungy will be here due to his Sunday night football. I was going to say, is Peyton coming to town? I, 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 I didn't hear for sure, but I thought I heard Mike Chappell say he was coming to town. Wasn't sure 100% on Peyton and Edge. but Saturday's going to give him a ride, according, like the old days. Yeah, Jeff Saturday and Tarek Glenn carpooling into work, right? Yeah, yeah. So should be a lot of who's who of former Colts. That should be a fun one. And then we'll hopefully see Sam Ellinger take take some steps in the right direction and, you know, give this Colts offense a much needed facelift. Something Reggie Wayne said yesterday, Mark, that I think we knew, but, it, you know, it just confirmed from him was Reggie said he looked at Michael Pittman in the meeting room earlier this week and was like, when's the last time you've caught a ball from Sam Ellinger? And Pitt's like, Oh, gosh. Training camp last year? So it's been over a year mm-hmm. that your number one wideout has caught a ball from Sam Ellinger. Um, and I think Reggie has told his room in general, you know, we need to do some more heavy lifting this week. And if we can, we've got to make sure the windows that Sam has to us, you know, those separation windows, that they're a little bigger. Like, that we try to do our best to give him, you know, as much, whatever, clean vision, uh, clear traffic as possible. It's easier said than done, but I think that is probably a huge, huge goal because, you know, you watch Ellinger throw the ball in the practice field. I mean, that dude can chuck it 50 yards, but, you know, I think velocity, and I think more than anything, it's just like, does he have the confidence to throw with anticipation on an NFL Sunday? You know, to 
to really say, hey, I got to trust that Michael Pittman is going to be here at this moment and that Washington's coverage indicates that I should deliver the ball here. You know, those are, I think, some of the intricacies of Ellinger on Sunday. That's the biggest unknown for me because, again, he's going from a third-string preseason reps running the scout team for the last month and a half to he's being game-planned for. He's playing a pretty good defensive line in Washington as well. Uh, I, I think that'll be the biggest question for me. I feel like the way they should scheme it early, maybe those first 15 that you draw up, have it do – I mean – just get him in some sort of rhythm with his receivers, whether it's quick hitch routes, slant routes, something like that. Some quick hitters, they can kind of get some rhythm going, and then you can start doing those spot spot passes, right? It has to be here. Throw it this way. Michael Pittman will go up and get it, but get some sort of rhythm with your receivers going early and then kind of go from there. Build some confidence and go forward. And I think, you know, get him out of the pocket, you know? Yeah, for sure. Have some designed runs. Let him use his athleticism. I think that would use give his him legs. a little bit of a jolt of – of comp- and that'll help, especially confidence. with the offensive line's current state, is roll them out, get right. them moving, let let the pocket adjust, and then get some wide receivers that'll, you know, scheme open. So Colts are favored by three. It is the lowest over-under of the week, 39.5. I mean, I, I can't think of another game that would have a lower number, I, I, I think to be quite honest. I think the London game is tied with them. Yeah, Russell Wilson, questionable, I, some would argue, is that, over under lower because Russell Wilson could play. Well, I think they flew Russell Wilson back to Denver so he could do more aerobic activity on uh-huh. the flight. That and makes they're going to fly him back to London tomorrow so he can really get the altitude version of the high knees and all the stretch. I, I just remember I, Russell Wilson, I, I always liked him, but the more I'm seeing him lately, I'm just kind of like, he seems kind of like I can, I get it why his teammates would be turned off. By him, where he's just like, yeah, I did all this during the flight. Everyone else is sleeping. I'm not tired. I can handle it. It's like, dude, relax. Like, take it easy. Like, Don't have to breath. Like, if if Russell Wilson didn't tell you he exercised on that right. plane, would anyone know or would anyone care? Yeah, I mean, the steward or the yeah, the stewardess had to be like, uh, sir, can you please sit down? I'm trying to get the drink cart passed, yeah. sir. Exactly. You want to get the seltzer water to Cortland Sutton? I've had some tough just knee accidents on flights. Just the drink cart just smoking my knee. And what's the better seat, the aisle seat or the window well, seat? For, for well, middle me, seat is obviously the worst option. Yeah, for me, I go aisle because I want to dangle the legs out there. But, boy, they have no regard, and rightfully so. I deserve it. Uh, when I'm dangling the legs out there in the aisle and that drink cart comes through. See, window seat, I feel like not only could you look if you wanted to, but you get the little extra rest against the – you can rest your sure. head that way. So yeah. if you're trying to take a nap. That is you're going cross country or something like that. I feel like I can't sleep window on flights. So not at all. No. Well, I mean, sucks. when we when we went to London a handful of years ago, I that's why I asked Jake about the performance enhancing sleeping aid. That's not what you said. I know. I, sh- I should have thrown that in there a little bit earlier. Uh, well, I got th- I got Phillies in seven. Ooh, how it's dare! So my heart said, "How dare! How dare! Phillies in six. <laughs> it's a one game <laughs> difference. God, for MLB's sake, they need Phillies in seven. Well. They needed to go seven. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you want ratings? I won't root for the Astros. I like Kyle Schwarber, so there's my heart. My heart goes with the Phillies in this one. Yeah, head says Astros in six. Yeah, and again two three two. So game six and seven will be back in Houston. This could be. I mean, the Astros got some some players that might be leaving at the end of the season. So this could be kind of an interesting World Series where it might be the last time the core group is together. Before they really get moving, good. George Springer already left, and Carlos Correa is a free agent at the end of the year. So, 
There's some moving pieces. Verlander's getting up there. Scotty J, Jack McKeon with the 03 Marlins, the last interim. So that's not that long ago. 38 games into the season, Jack McKeon, 72 years old. How old's Dusty? He's got to be up there. I mean, he's pushing 70. Yeah, he he definitely has to be up there. Um, What is he? I think another key mark for me. 73. Boy, I would have guessed even older than that. I think another key for me Sunday, I, I thought we saw a flash or two out of Jonathan Taylor in the run game this past Sunday. And I do think Ellinger's presence is going to help that. You know, if you are Montez Sweat, you play defensive end for Washington, and Sam Ellinger, you know, sticks it in the belly of Jonathan Taylor, you have to respect Ellinger's bootleg ability just for a second. And is that the difference between Sweat crashing down and making a play on Taylor right at the line of scrimmage versus uh, now he's got to respect Ellinger and all of a sudden that just sudden hesitancy and staying there does that give Taylor a little bit more green turf in front of him and now all of a sudden he's getting to the second level without getting touched I I think those parts to the run game um, that's where I do feel like there's potential to have an upgrade in what you've done at the quarterback spot you gotta hope so you're hoping the offensive line gets a little more push or something because I don't know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor this year, if it's strictly offensive line issues, just not getting holes for him or whatever, but he's definitely not looked like the like the player he was last season and everything. So he's taking a step back. You're hoping that you know this little change in quarterback will help boost everybody's urgency a little bit. We're hoping, we'll see. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor needs to get going if Sam Ellinger is going to have success. Because otherwise, if the running game is not going and you've got Sam Ellinger under center. I mean, the commanders are going to feast. They're just going to be like, oh, this offensive line stinks. Let's just crowd. Let's stack the box. Let's attack Sam Ellinger. And they have no running game at the moment. So and again, Washington's strength, their D-line. Yeah. Their, their offensive line struggling. Um, they've got an injury to their leading tackler at linebacker. I think that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Pretty low scoring, but hopefully you're seeing some, you know, shades of – I mean, it can't be much worse than what we've been seeing this year already with the offense, but hopefully you're seeing some development with Ellinger. You're seeing some progress, and you're getting some kind of answers going forward. you got a 10-game trial run with him going. See if he can at least be a serviceable serviceable backup at the worst. But, I mean, you're turning the page completely, and you're hoping that the game plan that Frank Reich and the rest of the offense schemes up will cater to his strengths. If you do want to hear Chris and Quinn tonight, you will get – the game on Bally Sports as well. Um, so Bally Sports and ESPN for tonight's broadcast. Ryan Rucco, Jeff Van Gundy on the ESPN call. The Wizards favored, I think last I saw, five and a half. A guy that hasn't really been in the rotation for the Pacers that I would like to see is O'Shea Brissett. I, I think I'd, I want O'Shea Brissett getting Terry Taylor's minutes. Um, I know that's a little bit kind of second unit stuff, but um, that's something that I would like to see out of the Pacers. And then obviously... Another game for Miles Turner tonight. Very, very rusty the other night in Chicago. So we'll see how Turner um, is able to control the rim. Was it Washington last year where he had like 45 in I the game? I think so. Yeah, Turner's roller coaster. That's what we're on. So hopefully we'll hit a high. We'll get towards. So is that the top of the hill or is that the bottom of the I hill? I don't know. I mean, what what would you call the game against the Bulls? Oh, I would. Um, you're standing in line for three hours. <laughs> 
Yeah. I wish I had a fast pass here. I can get through this a lot quicker. That's exactly what I would. Yeah. I, I would call it your tech technology issues right now. Well, no, I'm back. We're, we're good to go. Whoa, what yeah. happened there? Well, I put in a call to the vice president. That was a 180. We had Brian say, sounds like Mark was looking at some sites he shouldn't have been. Well, I don't I don't think so. If I was now. doing that, I would have gone on Jake's Jake's <laughs> credentials. But you're good to go over there? I'm good to go. I, I, I Sam's like, I think you're good. And I logged in. I'm like, yeah, I'm back. So get this rig on the road. Plenty of Colts and Commanders conversation today. Um, I, I guess I do want to clarify a little bit. Yesterday, I know we talked a lot of trade deadline. JMV and I were actually chatting a little bit after the show about it. I know him and I differ on this stance, and clearly, I I, I get confused. I think our I forget our caller. I'm trying to think of his name, I can't recall who uh, made the call yesterday about you know when I'm saying selling, I'm not saying blowing up. Right. I, I think selling it, naturally it has kind of a negative connotation with it, but Blowing up to me is totally different than selling. Um, so try to clarify that here coming up in a little bit. Greg Rakestraw, 8 o'clock, voice of the Colts. Matt Taylor will join us at 9. It is a football Friday with a little bit of Pacers action. Our coverage will begin at 7 o'clock. It's a 7.30 tip tonight from the nation's capital. I'm Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton, and Sam Fritz on this Friday here in Indy. Thanks for tuning in. Kevin and Corey, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Week 8 kicked off last night with uh, Ravens and Bucks. Ravens topped the Buccaneers 27-22. Buccaneers offense still struggling to get going. They're on a three-game losing streak now. Tom Brady, uh, 26 for 44, 325 yards, and a touchdown, a very late touchdown. Mike Evans had six catches for 123 yards. Thank you very much for my fantasy team. Lamar Jackson looking pretty solid. Uh, but an injury to Mark Andrews that they'll be monitoring. Yeah, perfect after halftime for Lamar Jackson, 8 of 8. And again, with Tampa losing last night, the winner of Falcons-Panthers on Sunday will be leading the NFC South. You think they should do the winner of the AFC South versus NFC South should have a play-in game? Is that Should that be in Dayton? Do you to, want that to happen? To get in the playoffs? Dayton? Yeah. I mean, that would be interesting. Why don't you do it at Canton? That'll be IU. Oh, yeah. That, that could be good. Hopefully, the field will be the the paint will be dried in time. What to do you play. mean we got a football game to host? That one. Right. Exactly. Uh, Colts injury report again looking pretty good. Still no quitty pay, but Shaquille Leonard was back um, five straight days now for practice for Shaq. Here was him yesterday uh, on the time he's missed this season. I, I, I would say no, but sometimes, you know, you, you're a competitor, you know, you, and especially being. In the shoes where I'm at, you know, I haven't touched the field. I mean, I played what 13 snaps all year. I want to be out there. I want to be out there, and you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to be out there. And so sometimes, you know, it might be, you know, body hurt, but I still want to go. And the coaches see that, and you know, they got to protect me from me. So, you know, I just stand behind their decision, and hopefully this week be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I think with a running quarterback like Taylor Heineke, a guy that can make some plays with his legs, I think the return of Shaquille Leonard would come in handy. The defense has been really, really solid this season, but that critical turnover, that second-half turnover that Leonard has just really made his calling card throughout his career, that has been missing, so something to keep an eye on there. The commander's a little bit more banged up than the Colts coming into this one, Um, so I think from a health standpoint, Indy in better shape. And again, a three-point favorite with Sam Ellinger. NBA last night, Mavericks topped the Brooklyn Nets 129-125 to in overtime. 
Nets uh, lose back-to-back games. They lost to the Bucks the other night. Now they lost to the Mavericks. Golden State Warriors top the Miami Heat 123-110. Oklahoma City Thunder over the Clippers 118-110. Memphis Grizzlies 125-110 over the Sacramento Kings. Tonight, Pacers and Wizards in their lone nationally televised game of the year. Get your popcorn ready country usa i was gonna say if you if you want to watch benedict matherin this might be your only chance right yeah yeah if you're not a bally don't get bally if you don't get bally this might be the only chance unless you're doing the bally sports plus subscription 7 30 so tip check it out there and then yeah they've got back-to-back road games against the brooklyn nets over the weekend all right in game one of the world series what is it 803 sam fritz first pitch tonight so specific from houston hey, Just say eight o'clock Joe Davis and John Smoltz, right at 803. I love John Smoltz, by the way. Great, oh, he's great. great color analyst. Uh, looking forward to that. Bryce Harper is your MVP favorite. Jordan Alvarez, very close behind that. Um, how about this one? This is for the first Philly game. Do they show a cheesesteak being made before the third inning? Before the first pitch. It's in the hype package. So you want to hammer that prop bet? Yeah, I I currently don't what, have what any is money that, in what my are those account. Odds sure. there? Minus one fifty. Oh, I mean that's free money right there. What do they show first? The Liberty Bell at minus two hundred or Rocky statue at plus one fifty? Are Are we talking about outside of a hype package like a live camera feed? Like coming back from commercial. Yeah, product. that's coming a good back, question. Co- coming back from commercial, Liberty Bell hype package, Rocky statue. Sylvester Stallone gonna. Come out there and do like a uh, little one, pregame. One is he hey, everybody, get up on feet. The Phillies are in town. Let's go. Let's play his game. I feel like you sound like a cartoon character there. <laughs> uh, Justin Verlander, Aaron Nola tonight here in game one. I'm guessing what Framber Valdez and Zach Wheeler then would be week or uh, game two. Did I say week one? Game one. Uh, 2 3 2, the format here for the World Series. All right, we come back. Let's get into uh, what our expectations are, Sam Ellinger wise. I'll kind of clarify um, what I'm saying about the Colts from a selling standpoint as we look towards the trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. If you guys want to join the conversation, Colts and Commanders wise, at KBO and 1070 on Twitter, at MarkD1075 on Twitter, and 317 239 1070. You did Kev- the numbers thing again. Too many numbers were thrown at their way. Yeah, I get, yeah, you're you right. You need to get on board. You well, need to change your handle. I, I'm I'm sticking with, with tradition. <laughs> yeah, but you're, between your handle and your pictures on your handle. Yeah, my picture very is dated. like, I think I'm like 20 or, I, I don't even think I was 21 in that picture. Yeah. That bring, is, bring that haircut back. It's probably, well, at least I was clean shaven like I am now. <laughs> That's true. The other day it was getting a little gnarly. Uh, Kevin Aquari on a nice start to this Friday morning. You are listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Shared this yesterday, but Mike Chappell had this note. Chris Chandler, the last Colts starter to get a win in his first NFL start. 1988, that's what Sam Ellinger is trying to do on Sunday. You put the banner up if it happens. Oh, sure. Don't even wait till... Are you surprised that all Vegas has got him as a three-point favorite? Yes, actually, I am. I think, Like I said, I think you get a three... Just being the home team, you usually get three points. So I think that's where that's coming from. But, I mean, Taylor Heineke's not bad. I mean, they just came off beating the Packers. So it is kind of surprising that a team that just did that is, you know, underdogs to a team that's starting Sam Ellinger for the first time under center. You know, if you're at home watching the game on Sunday and whether you're listening to Matt Taylor or listening to the television broadcast, Brendan Gauden, former voice of the Butler Bulldogs, will be on the Fox call 
Um, you will probably hear about Sam like undergoing this kind of arm transformation. Um, and I'm curious, Mark, just like there's a lot of science behind that. I mean, you hear Sam Ellinger describe it, and you know it sounds like you know, biology 301 or something like that. It, it, it's pretty in depth. How does that look in a game setting? You know, does he revert back to kind of old habits? Is it too mechanical? I think that is something um, to keep an eye on because Ellinger was very honest in the offseason of like, this is a two-year process in trying to create more arm strength, trying to be more accurate uh, and all of that. That's quite the undertaking, especially for a guy that, you know, was a four-year starter at Texas, you know, started at a high level at Texas high school football. He hasn't had a lot of downtime to really work on something as you know, transformational as he makes it sound. And so how that looks at the top level of football, frankly, um, I'm curious to see. So is he working with someone with the Colts with that, or is that no, outside the organization? Yeah, that's Tom House, the former MLB guy who has turned into this quarterback guru. And you see a ton of quarterbacks around the league. And I would say Ellinger is, again, undergoing probably one of the more severe transitions if you will it's not just a mechanical thing here or there um this is quite the undertaking he talked about how it's you know really begins with his lower body and yeah it's nothing like pushing pushing it to the test a two-year experiment like within six months torque and the way your shoulders shaped and ground force and yeah it's way above my pay grade but that aspect to ellinger um and that's why I go back to kind of what I said earlier, Mark, of I think you want to get him a little bit on the move, get him in that bootleg RPO action, because I think that gets to what he's comfortable with playing-wise. That's the backyard football part of his game. I think we saw some of that in the preseason. There were some nice throws he had from the pocket in the preseason, but I thought his best plays were when he got outside of the pocket and uh, made some plays yeah. there. Don't, I, don't try to do stuff that he's not comfortable with. Right. Make him as comfortable as possible as you can. And I think, and this goes without saying, obviously you would expect some first start jitters. I don't think it'll be deer in headlights. I, I don't think he's just going to be you know, pissing down his leg. But I go back to a comment I've made quite often with Peyton Manning about one of, if not the most important things for a quarterback is don't put the offense in a bad play. And a lot of that can be kind of pre-snap recognition. Um, and then once you are feeling a bad play is about to happen, likely that's post-snap, don't make it worse. And so with Ellinger, with with Ryan, we just saw awful, awful mistakes. You know, horrible decisions. Throwing the ball the way you're like, where was that going? It, who, are you seeing, who are you seeing there? Where Ellinger, I think, could get into trouble, obviously you worry about decision-making for his first-ever NFL start, but those Houdini-type turnovers so we saw that more with Carson Wentz of like you're trying to make some hero play just a punt is okay I guess we'll find out who the punter is going to be later I was going to say you have inside information (laughs) I I, boy of all the things I've tried to invest a lot of time in this week I cannot say Noah Cooney is it Noah or Nolan 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 yeah we we made the arc jokes or Jake made the arc jokes earlier in the week but um except the punter too I don't think Washington's running away from you in this one. First one to 20, in my opinion, yeah. wins this game. Yeah, and we'll see if either team can even crack 20. According to the over-under, they don't think so. We'll see. But, yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, Sam Ellinger, you know, whatever's going to happen there. Um, but 
it's all about the veteran guys kind of for me that you got to lift the young guy up let let him build his confidence but the way he builds his confidence is actually get some protection a little bit which hasn't been the case for the offensive line yet Jonathan Taylor if he can get going a little bit that would be fantastic again anything to relieve some pressure on Sam Ellinger where you're not putting it all on his shoulders on his arm to get you a win so um yeah if he has to eat a sack here and there that's fine just don't be like underhanding the ball to you know, Mo Alley Cox. Yeah, or we don't need like a left-handed flipper too. Right. Um, I, I am encouraged about the run game. I, I I do think that has a potential for some moments. Um, as I was saying earlier, I did want to kind of clarify where I was coming from yesterday and looking ahead to the trade deadline on Tuesday. And selling to me is much different than blowing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and JMV and I were talking about this on Wednesday. You know, his biggest pushback to that is, you know, you're sending. The wrong message to fans. You know, fans deserve a refund if you decide to go that path. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe there's more fans out there that think this than not. But are there really fans out there that are going to be that disappointed if this team trades a Ryan Kelly? And you have Danny Pinter starting the final four home games of the year. And you get back a, I don't know, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, something like that. There will be some people. There's always those those people that are upset about even the minor things like really I'm just like sell selling one or two guys and playing a younger guy to me is not the end of the world no wouldn't you like to Um, see what you have in that young player and maybe that young player develops into a solid guy going forward that you can rely on and build around plus when you look at the home games left you know after Sunday you got Philly coming up in a few weeks that game kind of speaks for itself and the hype around it then you've got two Monday night games, the Monday after Thanksgiving, the Monday after Christmas. And your last home game of the year will be the season finale. So after after Sunday, you have three like very meaningful, entertainment-filled games just naturally. Philly could be undefeated for that one. And then again, two Monday night home games, which this town has not experienced in quite some time. So again, if if someone if any of the thirty one teams is calling you no matter what player it is, you're listening. If if Cincinnati, who just lost Jamar Chase for the next month and a half, calls about Paris Campbell, you're telling me you're not entertaining that offer? Right, especially a guy in a contract year. Right. Like that. I mean, you listen, you see what they get. Even if it's a lower-tier draft pick, you know, six-round pick for Paris Campbell. You pulling the trigger on that? Yeah, I I, I would. I'd probably like a little bit more than a six-rounder, but um, I probably got to be realistic about what. Paris Campbell's health situation could garner out there. Sean goes, I agree that the Colts could potentially be in a sell mode, but don't think you consider offers on all players. We have some good young players via the draft. I worry about getting draft picks and missing on those picks. Yeah, I, that obviously is something you got to acknowledge. You're not going to hit 100% on those picks. Again, when you're able to package those in a deal, those are really enticing to opposing teams. Um, and I do think Chris Bauer has a track record of finding hits in the middle of rounds. And if you're going to ask me right now, October 28th, I would think there's a better chance that Chris Bauer is here next year than Frank Reich. I would agree with you there. So I think that's part of what you have to look at with this um, as well. Because I am curious the Ursay aspect to it of like, does Ursay say to Ballard or Reich, you know, you, these last 10 games, you guys are coaching and GMing for your job. Well, if that's the case, you're probably going to be hesitant on wanting to make any moves at the deadline. Right. So I, that dynamic, and just in general, 
Ursay's meddling with this. While I think it's the right move to make, that is that's awkward. What Jim Ursay just did, and I think it's a damning indictment on the coaching staff's ability to identify talent or identify the direction of the team. Like you're going to stick with Carson Wentz, you're going to stick with Matt Ryan. Okay, now I'm pulling my card. We're going to go with Sam Ellinger. Like he feels like he's got to step in and do something, right? And this. Before it goes off the rails. Situation. I had somebody in the media room yesterday, and I I was shocked that this person said it because I wouldn't expect it from this person. But they said the phrase, Mark, this is the lowest the Colts franchise has been since Luck retired. And this isn't some like hot take person that would just mm-hmm. you know say something like that. And yeah, I kind of paused for a second and thought to myself, there's probably some validity behind that. Um, I I don't know if I would go fully there because while you are committing the final 10 games to a guy that's never thrown a pass in the NFL, I go back to the Frank Wright comment earlier in the week where in trying to defend his resume and answering a question, he also at one point in his answer said, at some point you got to take a step back. And that's how I look at it. At some point you got to take a step back and realize the Band-Aid isn't working play the youth, see what you have there, and good or bad. Is there like a 15% chance that Sam Ellinger works out? Probably. But on the reverse of that, you get an answer on him, and if he plays poorly, you're now in a position draft-wise to try and acquire the most important piece for your franchise. I feel like a step back is what they needed. They've been running in place for a few years where they're just like, we're a quarterback away, we're a quarterback away. It's like, no, you weren't. You were kind of fooling yourselves because you you had Phillip Rivers and then he retired, so you're like, well, we'll go the veteran quarterback route and get Carson Wentz, and oh, we don't really like him, so now we'll go get Matt Ryan. So they've been running in place the last few years where they're thinking they were contenders, and they just weren't. And it's like, if you just tear the Band-Aid off and just realize what you actually are, you can get this process going. Now they've finally done it, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, we'll see what Sam Ellinger is. At worst, hopefully he's a backup quarterback, and he's a guy that you can go to, you can have in your roster for the next couple of years behind whoever you end up drafting in the uh, upcoming draft. So we'll see what they do, but... Um, it's a much needed move. It's a move that I think at the first I was like, wow, they're really, they're kind of like pulling the plug on 2022, but I think they're kind of, Ursay thinks it's an upgrade in the short term. Right. And I, I'm kind of with there where you at least see what you've got. It can't be much worse than what you were seeing the first seven games. Brett goes, Ballard is too arrogant to admit defeats and sell assets. I don't see the Colts selling at all. He should trade Yannick Ngakwe for a pick. What are you getting for Ngakwe right now? I'd like to think a middle round pick. Like a Robert Quinn fourth round? Yeah. Contract year for him mm-hmm. as well. Um, boy, somewhere in Spain, I bet Jake Query's probably nodding at the Ballard is too arrogant to admit defeats. Yeah, I think like his, his hair on his neck just stood up because mm-hmm. he heard yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's like the bat signal in the air. And I that is part of the question, though, of like, do they view this as we're still a legit threat? We're still in it. The AFC South is not that far away. It's a game and a half. Look at Tennessee's schedule the rest of the way. I think that's very short-sighted thinking. I don't think they should view it in that light. And again, I'm not expecting them to sell. This is my opinion on it. And it'd be um, it'd be it'd be kind of new territory for them to be oh, selling. Very I mean, new. they don't yeah, ever they don't is, ever really make moves at the deadline. That's one ex- of the things you can usually bank on. Extremely foreign territory. As I said earlier in the week, Jim Irsay believes if you you have three pillars as a franchise, GM, head coach, and quarterback. 
And this is the first time in the history of Jim Mercy's ownership where he has or should have legit questions on all three of those. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the point I was making earlier about someone saying this is the lowest point the Colts have been since Luck retired. This is a very, very um, unusual situation for Jim Mercy to be in. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Greg Rakestraw next here. Kevin and Corey. You are listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bridge is burning by the Foo Fighters coming back, and Kevin's eyes were just burning How because of his that? contacts. Yeah, rookie mistake there. Forgot I was wearing contacts today. It started to rub my eye. Next thing I know, contacts on the ground. See, that's why I don't wear contacts in the morning because, first of all, my eyes would kill me if I put contacts in that early in the morning. But I normally don't wear glasses, but most people that watch the show are probably like, oh, he wears glasses all the time. It's usually just because it's early morning, and I don't want to be looking at a computer screen with contact lenses, but yeah. that's also why, because you rubbed your eye, and right. then you had to run to the bathroom. Well, I figured this carpet's really clean, so I just picked it right up off the carpet and ran to the bathroom, and it's in the right eye, and we'll see if it settles. Let's hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so for your sake. Uh, the best of Greg Rakestraw's worlds, both of his worlds, I think or I guess he's got a lot of worlds with how many games he's calling, kind of collide a little bit on the visiting sideline this Sunday. I want to start here with Rake. Uh, Rake, you've got Chittard's Nick Martin, Cathedral's Terry McLaurin on the visiting sideline this Sunday. Uh, You've seen those two uh, hold up some trophies inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, haven't you? Yes, I have. Those couple pretty good football players. And I'll be honest with you, I had known about, about Terry, obviously, I had kind of lost track of Nick knowing that he had played for the Houston Texans. Uh, I was not aware that he was playing for the Washington Commanders. Even more reason to be fired up about uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, a couple starts for Nick Martin right now. He's a rotational um, offensive lineman for them. But, yeah, I think he was with the Saints in training camp and now is with the Commanders. Let's start, I guess, with high school football tonight before we get into um, Sunday. they got the big classes starting. I would assume you have your eyes on Westfield, Carmel, Brownsburg, and Ben Davis. Correct. Both those games on the IIC Sports Network, Carmel and Westfield on my TV, Ben Davis and Brownsburg on uh, Comcast 81. Uh, and, yes, those are two of the key games that will be taking place tonight. And the Carmel-Westfield game, um, yeah, I think is going to be a very competitive game. I think Ben Davis, Brownsburg, too, you know, Ben Davis-Brownsburg, you know, I think the question is going to be what exactly is the status of their starting quarterback and Jaden Whitaker, who was hurt late in the HSC game uh, in, in part of HSC's come-from-behind victory to remain undefeated uh, and, and win the HCC. That's the big question mark there. I think for Carlin and Westfield, a little more straightforward. You know, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a lower-scoring game. Uh, I've seen Carmel several times through my first chance to see Westfield uh, Cole Ballard being their starting quarterback, Chris's son. Um, it, it's a group that lost a tremendous senior class last year, playing a lot of sophomores and juniors this year, but just enough key seniors that were a part of those back-to-back uh, state runner-up finishes. So I expect a really good one at Carmel Stadium tonight. Are there any teams that could be on upset alert in the 6A playoffs? I don't week? know if I'd go upset alert, but, you know, Cathedral and LN, I think the game might be more competitive um, than some would expect. Uh, LN, again, had to replace a, a pretty talented senior class from last year, one that led them their first sectional championship in 31 years. Uh, I think Cathedral is a better team, but I expect LN to be good enough to keep this one very competitive. So, again, I don't, start, I don't know if we go upset alert, but don't think that's a blowout either. 
We uh, got things underway in um, the first round of sectionals for some of the lower classes last week. Rake, as you look at some of those classes that are already underway, um, I think it's Chittard and Hamilton Heights. Um, I know Garen Catholic had, had kind of a big game last week uh, in, in that. Um, I guess that'd be 3A. Anything stand out to you from you know 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A? You know, just the game that I was at, uh, I thought Mount Vernon played awfully well uh, to hang with New Pal. You know, and, and New Pal really had not been challenged the entire year. You know, the, the best game they had played was Westfield in week number one, and that's, you know, a 4A school that beat a 6A school, you know, by two touchdowns, and I'm not sure the game was that close, you know, to be honest with you. Other than that, it had been a lot of running clock games uh, for New Pal. That was not the case last week. Mount Vernon led that game, 24-21 going to the fourth quarter. New Pal scored in the first play of the fourth quarter and eventually put that one away by winning 35-24. New Pal looked really, really good, but I want to make sure I give a tip of the cap to Mount Vernon for, for making that game interesting, knowing it was 42-6 when those teams got together back in week number four. Again, for the ISC Sports Network, Greg Rakestraw, you'll hear him. Um, kind of a later post-game show coming up with the 425 kickoff this Sunday. Rake, you obviously have called, I guess, all of Sam Ellinger's throws in the NFL so far <laughs> with his preseason work. I think back to this August, because I thought he took a step forward from last August and what we saw this year, and I just think back to him. You know, he certainly made throws inside of the pocket, but I felt like his best work was outside of the pocket, not always off script, but when he's on the move, I feel like that backyard football, a little bit more of a comfortable setting for him. Absolutely. Uh, and, and let's face it, you know, I, I, I think the word that Sam has, that the feeling is, is that Matt Ryan does not, or maybe Nick Foles does not at this point either, is mobility. What's the, what, what is that, what, that you, what you need from the Colts offensive line right now? Mobility. Um, and I also think that's part of what helps Sam in terms of, you know, a little bit tougher to game plan for him is that mobility and that that unscripted nature to some degree that I think the Colts offense will have at least this week because, yes, I'm sure the commanders have been studying all six preseason games from the last two years. But you and I both know you don't run things in the preseason that you are going to run during the regular season. So I do think that's an advantage for this football team is that Washington isn't exactly sure what they're going to see from Sam Ellinger in terms of how the Colts are going to utilize him. I, I, I think that's an advantage next week. I'm not going to lie. I, I worry about Sam going against Bill Belichick the following week uh, and, and, and what he can devise defensively that Sam hasn't seen before. But, you know, this team is, is not exactly in a position where you can worry about next week right now. All focus has to be on what's going to take place this Sunday, knowing the Colts have to stack as many wins as possible. So um, I I don't think this is a white flag move. I, I, I just don't. Um, and I think they can be successful. I think that can start on Sunday afternoon. So what were your initial thoughts when you heard that the Colts were pulling Matt Ryan and going with Sam Ellinger? I was surprised. Um, now, again, if there is an injury and if Matt Ryan you know, can't go this week, then it's a different story. And again, they had moved Ellinger over Foles on the depth chart. I felt that if the season had gotten away from this football team, the best thing to do was to give the ball to Ellinger. And that way you knew to some degree exactly what you had in him going into the offseason. So, you know, him replacing an injured Matt Ryan shouldn't be a surprise. The fact that it was announced, hey, we're going to make this move and do it for the rest of the season – 
to me, that was the surprise. And I think, frankly, could have been handled a little bit better uh, in terms of, you know, if, if it's an injury, then frankly, simply say it's for an injury. And if Sam plays well after a couple of weeks, say, you know what, we're going to keep the ball in number four's hands and we're going to see if we've got the quarterback for the future. So I think from a PR standpoint, it could have been handled a little bit better. Um, but again, I, I do think Elliger can play. And I don't think all of a sudden this means the Colts are waving the white flag on 2022. Yeah, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, the fact that they did not hide behind the Matt Ryan injury just for me indicates even more Jim Mercer saying this is the move that I want and we're not going to say anything IR related about Ryan he's ISC's Greg Gregstraw joining us on Kevin and Query on the Payless Liquors hotline Greg uh, we talked a little bit at the start about Terry McLaurin how how much have you had interactions with him and what are your impressions of Terry McLaurin I haven't interacted with Terry a great deal uh, just because normally when I see Cathedral it's it's at the you know state championship level that I'm, I'm probably going to have them next week but it's not like I have a lot of Irish games other than seeing them at Lucas Oil Stadium on a regular basis. Um, when, when Terry left Cathedral, I thought that I'm like, hey, I, I think he can play at Ohio State. I'm not sure I ever really kind of, you know, leaped forward to the next level and thought, you know, this guy's a surefire NFL player. Uh, but he has been really good, and, and I am so happy for him. And, and it's funny, I was having this conversation out at Colts practice on Wednesday uh, with some of the staffers over there. I said, you know, I said, when, when you've looked at Cathedral's best players, the guys that were the best players in high school, not always are the guys that had, you know, great college careers or the guys that were, you know, you know, guys that made it to the National Football League. It was, all, it was sometimes the guys you didn't talk much about that ended up being great NFL players. And clearly Jack Doyle is, is one of the guys I'm referencing. Um, but they have produced so many NFL guys over the year, years, it may it may turn into Terry McLaurin may go down as one of the best players that Cathedral High School has ever produced. You know, obviously the the bar for him at wide receiver is going to be Mark Clayton of the Marks brothers in Miami. Uh, Terry may end up outpacing him from a number standpoint, and that's saying something. That Sunday matchup, him and Stephon Gilmore, will definitely be one to watch. Again, Greg Rakestraw is with us, the Colts post game show host. You'll hear him. Um, what eight eight thirty eight fifteen. I don't know, so maybe, go on, maybe earlier we, than that. We, we will go on about 7.30 or so if the game wraps at about that time, and then on the network till 9.30, on the fan until 10.30 on Sunday night. I want to flip over to defense real quick, Rake. Um, Shaquille Leonard, it looks like he will be playing on Sunday. With his injury situation and then Julian Blackman, we saw Julian Blackman back in the lineup last week. But Rodney Thomas, the rookie out of Yale, still had more snaps at safety than Julian Blackman. When you look at Blackman and Leonard, this defense, to me, is lacking in the playmaking category. It's lacking in right. finding the ball, creating those turnovers. Those two guys have done it in their careers. Certainly Leonard more than Blackman, but I think Blackman has done a nice job of it. Are you expecting maybe Leonard to quickly ascend to his normal playing time, or would do you look at Blackman and think, yeah, he's going to get back to his normal playing time. I think it's going to be Shaq first. But what I also think could happen is is that you, you work these guys back in as more situational players, as being third-down guys. In other words, if the defense, which it has been doing its job, does its job on first and second down, um, then you put those guys in to be ball hawks on third down and you kind of know what's coming uh, when you're in a passing situation. And so, again, I, I'm not sure if that's the role for those guys you know, long-term, but short term, it's a way to keep guys like Zaire Franklin and, and EJ Speed in the field who have played well. It's a way to keep Rodney Thomas on the field who have played well. 
it's a way to ease back in both Blackman and Leonard, and it's a way to put them back in there. The scenario in which they thrive best, which is go find the football, especially when you know it's going to be more of a pass than a run on third down. So what should expectations be for Shaq Leonard the rest of the season, given his injury issues this season? I wish I had a great answer for you. Um, and frankly, it's going to take him playing more than a half for me to give you an answer on that. Uh, you know, can he stay healthy? Can he stay out there? You know, frankly, the half that he played against the Titans, the defense didn't look good. You know, in the half that he played, the, the Colts allowed 24 points. The half that he didn't, they scored zero points. So let's, again, I want, I want to see him ease back in. And again, that's, that's not to rip him. That's more of a nod to how good Franklin, Okereke, and to a lesser degree, EJ Speed have been for this football team. Rake, last one from me. Tart Glennon in the Ring of Honor coming up this Sunday. I, I guess I didn't realize this until I started to look more into Tarek's story. I forgot that he was a right guard his first season out of Cal, and then Howard Mudd said to him, you're moving to left tackle, you're going to block the blind side of Peyton Manning, and what a hell of a move, and I don't know, maybe the current right guard to left tackle situation is you know, right on my mind right now. That's not an easy move, and he did it at a Pro Bowl level for a decade. It's not, but you got to remember, he was a holdout uh, in 1997. Uh, and so that was the reason they kind of slotted him in at guard. Gotcha. Uh, okay. He, he, he was, he was, he was, he was going to be a tackle the entire time. It was a holdout coming out of Cal. They kind of put him at right guard. Nothing went, went right in 97. And so it was, it was, you know, thought of, hey, we're immediately going to make this move and put him at left tackle. And I think Tarek Glenn is one of the most underrated players in the history of the Indianapolis Colts. He was a fantastic football player. And frankly, he left some football on the table. Uh, I, think he, I think he could have been playing for at least two or three more years. He elected to walk away. But Tarek Glenn is a, is a good dude, and he is a very deserving entrant into the Colts Ring of Honor coming up this weekend. You think if he rides it out another three or four years, they win another Super Bowl? Potentially. I mean, let's face it, look how close they were to winning one. And I'm not saying it was the left tackle spot right, as to why right, they right. lost, but could he was he good enough where he could have been a difference maker? Absolutely he could have been. I mean he was a pro bowler in the year that right. he, he retired. So would that have been Adam Meadows at left tackle that first year? I'm trying to think who would have been they were, guess. they were drafted first and second round, and I think Meadows played left tackle that year, but the the idea was always going to be one's at left tackle, one's at right tackle. And unfortunately, Shoulder injuries kind of kind of sped up the demise of of Adam Meadows, who was also a phenomenal human being and a guy I really enjoyed talking to and spending time with, et cetera. But yeah, it was it was Tark was the first round pick out of Cal, and Adam was the second round pick out of Georgia in 1997. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty good stability right there. That's Peyton Manning walking in, having Marvin Harrison and Tark Glenn <laughs> uh, certainly I think helped him early in his career. Rake, I'll see you in the press box on Sunday. Enjoy Carmel and Westfield. Big one in Hamilton County tonight. Yes, it is. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. That's Greg Rakestraw right there on the ISC Sports Network. Again, looks like a pretty nice night for high school football. Should be a good slate. Have we seen Halloween weather yet, Mark? I know you and I probably care more about that than, than most with our well, what do you do? young children. What is, what is Halloween weather? You mean putting your jacket on over your costume? Well, I just... Mom, I want to be Superman. They're not going to know. <laughs> I just don't want rain. Well, I don't really care about the temp. The other day, it rained like literally all day and all night. It was ugly. Yeah. I didn't have to defrost the windows today. Now, we are going costume on Monday for the show. Sam Fritz, you in? I'm going to have to think up something real quick, but sure. 
you can't half-ass it like that. Well, no, I've got a, a handful of select costumes that will certainly qualify as being a costume. Why don't you put just put a, just put a sticker on you? It says club, and you're Sam's Club. You know, I just recently got a Sam's Club membership. Welcome it's to glorious. the club. That was so Jake by you, Mark. I'm just saying, if he needs a last second one, that's a short, cheap option. Well, I've got I've got Orange Cassidy, a professional wrestler. Nice. For okay. Listening. And then I can I've get also down with got that one. One of the Dan Flashes models. If anybody watches, mm-hmm. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. That's a great show. I have the Dan Flashes T-shirt. So see, you've got some you've got some irons in the fire there, yeah. Kevin. Do you want to reveal what you're going? Or you want to leave it a mystery? Yeah, Mister Phil's in seven. I I, wow. I feel this venom. I <laughs> literally am picking the underdog. I'm picking the team that he cheers for. He just picked it a game I'm later. One game later than Phillies and six. You're you're experiencing what it's like to interact with a Philadelphia fan right now. Right now, you have an undefeated Eagles team. You have the Phillies doing what what they're doing. Isn't the MLS team having a good year? We're the underdogs in everything. Don't doubt us. Oh yeah, the 76ers just a huge underdog with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Um. I think I'm going with the same one I went with last year. I've I, I've had a similar costume now for a few years. Um, it's old faithful. Don't mess with success is how I view it. Okay. See, I don't even remember what you were last year, so this will be a nice treat. Trigger trigger some memories mm-hmm. on Monday. Now, will we see Halloween costumes inside of Lucas Oil on Sunday? Oh, for sure. Maybe you'll see your first Santa Claus too. There's always that guy. Let me bust out old Jolly. Mm-hmm. Get it going. And halftime Tarek Glenn into the ring of honor there. Sounds like a pretty good turnout for that. So that means Jim Ursay will be on the field at halftime, right? Do we see Ursay and Daniel Snyder pregame? Together? See, part of me thinks they'll this. Do, they'll do camera shots of them. Well, see, part of me thinks this, Mark. We had on Ben Standig yesterday from the Commanders, or uh, who covers the Commanders for the Athletic. He mentioned the only time that Daniel Snyder has shown his face on the field this year was with the Cowboys and him and Jerry Jones had an interaction at midfield. And he thought that was kind of a statement of like, see, Jerry Jones supports me. I could see the reverse of it happening Sunday where he wants to be on the field pregame and say, Jim Ursay, here I am in your mm-hmm. building right now. And, you know, I don't know, just some ego lay at the 50 and just do like <laughs> snow angels. Yeah, I'm not leaving. Make me move. <laughs> and then I could see Ursa being like, get me down there. I want to be on. Here's Drake the dog, and I'm coming Where's down my the golf field. cart? Exactly. I'm getting down towards you. 1,000%. I still, I guess Carson Wentz will be on the sidelines, right? Is Matt Ryan on the sidelines Sunday? I mean, I think so, right? He was at practice yesterday. Again, he's handling this very well. He's a, he's been at practice all week, hasn't he? He I didn't see him Wednesday. Granted, we were only out there for the first twenty minutes, but he was there yesterday. Hmm. He was there yesterday. I'm gonna I'm, ask Frank. I mean, Wright. if he is again, the camera will find him. Certainly, and uh, we'll see about the update. Matt Ryan r- related again has not practiced all week with that right shoulder injury. Him and Frank have both said they felt like he would have tried to have given it a go, uh, but pretty rare. This will be just the second missed start for Matt Ryan and. Over a decade, uh, he has been extremely healthy throughout his career while also obviously playing at a level where he has not been benched. All right, uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us at the top of the hour. Let's hit a morning check down. The morning check down brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Boy, I feel bad for my Sam's Club joke now. People are saying it must be the chair. I'm like, should I just burn this thing? That was weak. I mean, it was usually, bad. It was that you, bad. Usually, you are on it. Usually, I think your jokes are better than Jake's. But I that, mean, I that was, was just trying bad. to. I was trying to come up with a nice, 
inexpensive option for producer Sam there. That was Sorry. about as bad as the Bucks last night. All right, let me push this chair away then. Let's let's get this bad juju out of here. All right, Ravens kicked off Week Eight by beating the Buccaneers 27-22. Lamar Jackson looked pretty good, but lost Mark Andrews and a couple other offensive weapons. Tom Brady finally got a touchdown late. And Mike Evans six catches, 123 yards. Bucks on a three-game losing streak. The NFC South quickly becoming the AFC South as uh, all teams under 500. And what is it? The Panthers and the uh, Falcons could be number one in the division by Sunday afternoon. As of right now, the Atlanta Falcons are your leader in the NFC South. Again, just like we all drew it up. Seahawks, top of the NFC West. Falcons, possibly top of the NFC South. Just you like know, in the in the offseason, I was a fan of just signing Mariota for one year. Cheap deal. Don't have to give up a draft pick. And then, and then draft a QB. That was my thought process QB-wise entering the year. Yeah. I mean... I don't think Mariota's he's been all right. Well, but. He's been all right. They, even without Cordero Patterson, they've been they've been decent. So they need to get Kyle Pitts going though for those that have him in fantasy. So we'll see. But plenty of plenty of NFL action coming at your way on Sunday. Commanders at Colts, obviously. Got a London game, right? We've got a London game. Jaguars and Broncos. Who knows if Russell Wilson's gonna be doing lunges in the aisle of any more flights? We'll see what happens there. You got Cowboys and Bears, Dolphins, Lions, Cardinals, and Vikings, and then uh, Packers, Bills. Whew. Bills, like 11.5-point favorites over the Packers, please pour it on. I want a route on Sunday night. Is that a Mark Dykton lock? Take the Bills. We'll do that at 9.45. Usually, if, give usually out if, if uh, this is my, my philosophy in 2022 for the NFL football season, unless you're playing the Bills or Chiefs and someone's handing you like double-digit point spread, you take the points. But the Packers are playing the Bills, so I'm going to take. But again, you're being biased with that. That's not true. The now Packers does, stink this year. Did what Russell Wilson do on the flight? Does that qualify for the Mile High Club? I mean, was Sierra with them? Well, I mean, I, you know, Broncos, right? Mile High Club. That, that's where I was going oh. with it. You, well, of course, not where were I was going there going. with it. Well, because yeah. what else is the Mile High Club? Moving on. Uh, Pacers tonight on national TV. Yes, ESPN at the Wizards. I not don't know the Ocho. why. Um, 7.30 is the tip there. The Wizards favored by 5.5. These two teams met last week in the opener. Uh, Miles Turner, second game back. Mentioned it earlier, I'd like to see a little bit of O'Shea Bursett in the rotation. He's been a uh, coach's decision DNP quite often this season. I'd like to see him get some of Terry Taylor's minutes. It curious to see Benedict Matherin away from home. Um, getting to the foul line, still scoring at a fine level, but has not shot it well away from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So interested for that. I think in general, Mark, now it's just like you're on the scouting report. I mean, certainly what he did at the end of the Bulls game is going to draw some um, views from those around the league. Um, I think he's going to have just a little bit more of a target scouting report-wise. Yeah, on him. I'd like to see a nice bumper game for him. He had a, he had a rough one against Chicago. but And then also contain some Bradley Beal. I don't want Bradley Beal going off for like 40 and 15 or something, but Bradley Beal seems to have, a, seems to have some good games against the Pacers. <laughs> Tonight is game one of the World Series. It'll be Aaron Nola for the Phillies and Justin Verlander from the Astros. Verlander was outstanding in the ALCS, leading things off there against the Yankees. Struggled in the ALDS. It'll be in Houston for game one and game two, an off day on Sunday. Basically, they're avoiding the NFL. I guess outside of Monday, right? No Sunday and no Thursday games, is that right? That sounds right. Sam? Yeah, I'll have to look up the, the schedule. I uh, It's every other day as far as I know. So I think, yeah. Well, I think it's every, yeah, it's 2-3-2. Two, two. The travel days will be built in there right. after the first two in Houston. We'll go to Philly for three, 
And then uh, two to wrap up. Uh, How dare you pick the Phillies in seven? You yeah, just blast totally me by me. Pissed off, Sam. It's, uh, it's really how it is to be a Philadelphia fan. If you're if you're not the most excited for the team, you're not a fan. So if I say Phillies in four, that would no, I'm not. A, I'm two. not a Phillies fan anymore. Now you're the Philly fan in the, in the room. Okay, see, there can only be one. So the, have I'm, you given your pick, Mark? No, I, well, I said I'm rooting for the Phillies. I, I don't want the Astros to win. I like Kyle Schwarber, so I'll say. Oof, I almost say, yeah, I'll say Phillies in seven. Let's go, let's double dip that. Well, oh my God, he almost swore, Sam's I think. Sam's going to be cussing you out here. Well, I don't know what else to do. A few minutes. You don't right, want final, it to be a route. Final practice of the week for the Colts. Again, the injury report looks pretty good, especially compared to the Commanders. No quitty pay um, for what will be a third straight game, but it looks like Shaquille Leonard will try and give it a go. Yesterday, we heard from some more Colts. Again, I would say the overwhelming... Opinion of that locker room is shock. Um, they like Sam Ellinger, but shock at the decision to bench Matt Ryan. Here was DeForest Buckner yesterday on Sam Ellinger. You know, I mean, obviously I was um, shocked, you know what I mean? Um, like, like anybody else, you know, hearing the news. But, um, you know, obviously that's a decision that's, you know, obviously, you know, above above us, you know what I mean? And um, as a team, we just have to rally around, you know, whoever's out there at the quarterback position, um, you know, and, and we have to respect the move and, you know, we have to move forward as a team. You think anybody in the locker room is like, man, I wonder if the owner will bench me. I'm sure some veterans have thought about that. Maybe guys that are... In contract years, maybe not playing up to snuff. But DeForest Buckner definitely playing up to snuff. Him and Grover Stewart have been huge. Washington, not a team that runs it great, but the story of running back for them, they've got the guy that got shot, Brian Robinson. Yeah. And he's had a nice, well, I mean, hell, just the fact that he's playing football is one thing, but he's had a nice couple of games lately. He's not been bad, which is impressive because if that happened to me, I'd be, oh, yeah. I'd be not be playing football. Not that I was in the first place. Yeah, something QC Kinetics is not going to be curing there. Uh, college football, quickly. No IU and Purdue this weekend. IU is playing a scrimmage or a exhibition game basketball-wise tomorrow against Marion. I think Purdue's first exhibition is next week. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State. Mentioned it earlier. I think Colts fans should watch Kentucky, Tennessee. Those are a couple quarterbacks in that game. I'd be having my eye on for April. Will Levis for Kentucky and Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. Anything college football-wise, Mark? Not too much. Like I, we went over it yesterday, and it's not the best slate of games this week. So you surprised Penn State, fifteen and a half point underdog at home to Ohio State. I am. That that was the one that you brought up yesterday that stuck out to me too. So I mean, I'll have some awesome plays once we get to the, the end of the segment. Have the you show, guys but. seen the over under on Iowa Northwestern? Is it like ten? <laughs> it's got to be close. Will the Army Navy be over under be lower than Iowa Northwestern? I don't know. What, what is it? Out of so curious. Iowa Northwestern started at 35 for the over-under. It's now risen to 37 and a half. The, that's one of those over-unders that I just think you have to bet. Are you betting the over or are you betting the under there? Well, I, I'm i not saying one way or the other, but I think it's principle that you have to bet such a pathetic over-under. I think, I think what's wilder is that it's an over-under of 37 and a half, but Iowa's 11-point favorites. Yeah. So they're heavy favorites, yeah, but the uh -huh. over is 37 and a half. So what, they're thinking 24-13 there? Yeah. Could Iowa really score 24 points? They'd no. have to have like three That's like sixes. a five-game slate for Iowa. Score 24 points. Nothing says Big Ten football like Iowa Northwestern over under 37 and a half. All right, we'll continue the Colts Commanders conversation. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, Terry McLaurin, a homecoming for him. 
a lot of tickets, and he's got some memories about Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Marvin Harrison, he said that was who he would dress up as for Halloween. So we'll chat about that coming up with Matt Taylor at the top of the hour. Kevin and Corey with Mark Dykton, myself, Kevin Bowen, and Sam Fritz on a nice start to this Friday morning. You are listening to Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Mark, I'm curious your thoughts on... I've got a Jim Irsay take that I don't really know if I'm totally confident in, but it's something I've thought about here over the last few days. Uh, went on a couple of Washington radio shows yesterday, and obviously... They like adore Jim Mercy. They're like, oh yeah, he deserves to be in our Ring of Honor. I mean, they're they're obsessed. Oh yeah, I wrote a blog about that. That if they if he wanted to own a second team, the Washington Commanders would take him with oh open arms. Oh my gosh, they would they would do anything for Jim Mercy right now. So if we look at the timeline of Ursay over the last couple of weeks, we know he made those comments about Daniel Snyder at the NFL owners meetings. That was like on a Tuesday, I want to say. Uh huh. And then I would say this past Monday, so six days later is when he, again, had a heavy, heavy influence on Matt Ryan benched and Sam Ellinger to the starting job. Mm -hmm. Do you think any of this of, like, Ursay was beloved for what he did at the owners' meetings? I mean, local praise, national praise, other teams are praising him. Like, arguably the most positive Jim Ursay headline in the history of his ownership, like universally liked league wide. Do you think any of this is like he's on this like public high horse and thinks he's on top of the world right now? And all of a sudden, six days later, he's like, you know what? I was right about Daniel Snyder and I'm going to be right about this. Matt Ryan, you're benched. Sam Ellinger, you're starting. Like he, he, like power trip for lack of a better term. He got high and like well, high, well yeah, not, 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 I, I don't guess that's go a bad there. term. Yeah, to but he got high probably, on the on the on the positive high vibes on going. the public credit right that he was getting. Yeah, no, I could see that. Where okay, he's finally so like, it's you not know, that crazy. No, I don't think it's that crazy. I feel like he's you know, he's also witnessed the last few years where they've kind of just been running in place with Phil Rivers and then Carson Wentz. Yeah, and, stuck in mud. Yeah, so you're just going about the motions. You're like, you know what? We need a kick in the ass. We need something different. We got Sam Ellinger here. We drafted him. We must like him. Let's see what he can do. Because obviously it wasn't getting done with Matt Ryan the last seven games. I mean, I feel like every every Sunday I'm just seeing Twitter just like blowing up of people just like, this is awful. This is boring. This is that. So maybe he's finally heard the critiques like, we don't want a boring product. We want to see what we can do. We need to have a modern NFL offense. If that means rolling a guy out and having him use his mobility, let's do that. So they weren't going to get that with Matt Ryan. They definitely weren't going to get it with Nick Foles. So roll with the guy that you drafted. You obviously felt confident in drafting him with his abilities. So see what you got. You've got 10 games left. See what you got. And again, I'm I'm good with it. I don't think <laughs> like, that's crazy at all. I, I, I'm good with it. I've, I've seen enough of Matt Ryan, and I know that he's not it, and he's not going to lead this team to, you know, deep January um, sort of contention. Play the youth. Like, all of those things I agree with. I just find it interesting. The timing of it. How Ursay has been, you know, so praised by again those not just in this market, well outside of it. I was curious if, uh, yeah, no, it's almost like yeah, he he's what's the term? He feels like he can't do any wrong at the moment, right? Which is dangerous. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it can come bite him in the ass How about Sunday this? afternoon. You know what? He is going to have the mic at halftime with Tart Glenn. That's true. Dance. I want a WWE promo from Jim Irsay. I'm calling it right now. Dance Snyder, get your ass down here right now. We're well, going to rumble. I'm trying to think back to the, do you remember the 30 for 30, like Notre Dame and the U? Uh-huh. And like Lou Holtz in the locker room, like says to his team as they get in the fight of like, you leave Jimmy Johnson for me. Like I almost won Ursa at halftime to be like, Tark, thank you. And you leave Daniel Snyder for me. Yeah. Call him out. Call him out. I want to see a whole WWE confrontation. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Matt Taylor is going to join us here at the top of the hour. Marcellus, I believe had some comments, Jim Ursa related. Marcellus, good Friday morning to you. Hey, you too, man. You too. This is this is for Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> this one for Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> hey, man. Look, uh, on Ursay, I hear you guys. I think you guys might be being a little hard on Ursay. I mean, he, I, I, I remember guys who were who were known to be quiet. And everybody knew they were just quiet guys, but then one day they blew up, and it was just the most terrifying thing ever. When you see a quiet guy go off. I mean, even the people he's not mad at are, are scared, okay? And Ursay kind of, he's, he's, he's been that guy. As far as us fans are concerned, we, we're out here like, yeah, about time you said something. Because if you, it's not just the Matt Ryan thing that we're thinking about. We're thinking about Ballard whiffing on left tackle when he was given three years' notice by Costanzo. And Ursay said nothing. We 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 we're, we're thinking about Benetieri kicking us out of playoff condition uh, contention uh, when he should have been benched, and and Ursay said nothing. We're looking at the fact that Ballard said we had enough wide receivers, and Ursay said, "Okay, I'll let you handle it, Chris," and said nothing. And so I think there's this accumulation of things that Ballard said. Hey, you guys are burning a hole in my pocket. Okay, and I'm tired of sitting back quietly. I'm done. I'm going to do this one thing, and you know what? And you're going to do what I say on this one, and and, and let the chips fall where they may. It's his money, and I don't I don't really blame him for going off at this point. And he really didn't go off. He just said, "Do it." Okay, this is one time, and now everybody's like, "Ursay's got a got an ego problem." No, yeah, Ursay's Ursa, yeah. like tired, like we are out here. I think it's accumulation of bad decisions and him not saying anything. And I'm saying, well, why is Ursay saying something? I wish he had a little Jerry Jones, and not a lot, but just a little bit, you know, where he says, look, guys, well, yeah, this is it, okay? You need to find an answer to this, and you need to do some of the common sense things, like get get left tackles, like get some wide receivers, like do some common sense to take a guy out of the game who can't kick straight. Do that stuff. Or else you're both fired. Yeah, I, I think it's a really, really good point that you make. Um, Thanks, Marcel. And again, I would, I would, I agree with what Ursay is doing. It's just, are there cons to it? Are there cons to it? And this is a little bit more big picture. And maybe right now this doesn't matter. But it's a thought that I brought up to Zach Keyford and yesterday's show of if you get in the off season and you fired Frank Reich. And let's throw out the name Sean Payton, throw out the name Sean Payton. And Sean Payton's sitting there, and he's got the Indy opening, and he's got the Carolina opening. Does he think back to himself and say, I want a lot of control. I want a lot of authority with my title. And if you're nervous about Jim Mercer potentially meddling, would that give you pause in taking this job? 
It could, but I would also say there's a track record that says he doesn't meddle. This is a this is a first time well, situation where that happened. I, I would say Wentz That's last true. year, okay, second time, and, and, and now this. But and, I think you saw him on Sunday. There was the post game video of him walking to his golf cart, and just he looked like a beaten man. Like he was just like, I can't do this again. Right. I can't take another game like this where we're just treading water and all that stuff. And part of this, anything. Mark is like he's the owner. He he can do whatever he wants. Right. So I I, I totally. You can't um, fire the owner. Yeah, totally hear you out on that. I just think it is a question that is worth worth being asked I think, of. I think Sean Payton's a smart enough guy to where is if he was considering head coaching gigs and Indianapolis was a viable option for him, he would have a good enough history of knowing how Ursay has run things in the past where he's like, Well, that's not I'm not gonna let that it won't be that kind of an issue under my my regime. You know, that was a question that when I was hopping on those Washington stations that they asked me quite often of like, is Ursay a big meddler? And I'm like, no, I, I I don't. I don't think it's he's demanding playing time or he's you know, doing this or that. I think he largely hires the people and lets them do their jobs. Uh, quarterback, I think, is a little different. He wants heavy influence there. Um, but I don't know. It's just something that popped in my head. Yeah. No, I don't think that's crazy notion at all by you. I think that's is perfectly sound. You want to get someone else? Derek? Let's hear from Derek. Derek wants to talk about blowing up the Colts. Derek, what's up? Good Good morning, guys. How are you today? What's up, man? What's up, Derek? Hey, hey I'm doing good. I don't know if you guys ever watched Martin Lawrence's show back in the day. Yep. But I'm, I'm going to be like Martin. When Martin used to say, I'm like a smoker at a gas station, I'm about to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with them blowing up. I've been a season. I called earlier. I've been a season ticket for a long time, season ticket holder for a long time, and I'm just tired of being on this treadmill. So if if we can blow it up, if people are calling for Gilmore or Campbell or anybody, I'm okay with them listening. And if we can get a good pick for them, get a good pick for them, package it up, get a good quarterback next year. Yeah, Derek, I, I couldn't agree more. And again, this is where I side on the selling. Um, and JMV and I have had this debate here th- this week of I think more fans are with Derek in that they'd be okay with it. Like, do they really need to watch Ryan Kelly continue to play center? Right. Do they really think Stephon Gilmore playing the final four games with the Colts this season at the age of 32 is something that they need to see? Or is it, hey, if you can get a third-round pick for him and that turns into your next that trade package turns into your next quarterback, no one's going to care that Stephon Gilmore didn't play the final four games. That's how I – Yanni Kangakwe, free agent. Is he going to be here long term? Right now, I'd say he's shown nothing that says you should, you know, uh, break break out a blank check for him in the offseason. Well, I also um, think that's why when the move happened from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger, you didn't get a lot of calls the next day, or we didn't get a lot of calls the next day saying, they got to stick with Matt Ryan. They got to, they're kind of like, yeah. Let's see what the kid can do. Let's see what we can do. Derek, also, I hope you have a Gina in your life like Martin did back in the day. That was a great show. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I totally agree that they most fans are welcoming change. They would like to see something different because they've seen the same song and dance the last few seasons, and it's gotten them nothing. John Mitch is not sure what team Sean Payton favors. It will depend who has the rights traded. The Saints right. control and his that'll rights. Be cur- yeah, I, that'll be interesting compensation, too. Insert your head coach candidate right. this offseason. If there is a candidate that you covet that is weighing a couple options, that is one that I think you got to acknowledge. Uh, Josh, is that right, Sam? What's up, Josh? Hey, how are you? Um, great show. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how you guys are getting through it without Jake. <laughs> yeah, but, boy, um, we are missing him. 
Yeah, first I want to talk about what you guys are talking about now, which is Sean Payton. And do you think the first question you'll ask him is, what was he thinking when he called that onside kick play uh, in the Super Bowl? (laughs) But secondly, um, I think with the Sam Ellinger situation, I mean, with what we're seeing with the Pacers, I mean, it's awesome to see young guys get opportunities. Um, Even though we are losing, it's fantastic to watch them play and start to gel together and stuff. So I think that we could see a lot of that with the Colts. Um, I think that obviously it's it's something new. It's something fresh. I don't know if he's going to be the uh, long-term solution, but it's something that, you know, gives us something to watch. I mean, it's just, it's, it's been boring the past couple weeks, even with the wins, they've been ugly. It's just, it's time for a change. So. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people that would agree with that, Josh, of it's been a boring, boring product. And Sam Ellinger, just with his legs alone, will make things a little bit more exciting. You haven't had a new. mobile quarterback on the roster in years now. It'll be different. Um, you know, I tried to make the Pacers analogy earlier in the week, Mark, of when you, the first step the Pacers took to admitting enough is enough, we are wrong, it's time to go in a big, different direction, was trading Sabonis. Obviously, that got Tyrese Halliburton in return. By no means is Sam Ellinger Tyrese Halliburton. So that would be the biggest difference of like, yes, you are committing to the future, in my opinion, with this, although Jim Mercer thinks it's an upgrade in the short term. But that's the one major difference of like, you don't have the second round pick in the wings. You don't have the third round pick in the wings. This is a six rounder. In all likelihood, you're going to have to go out and make a move at quarterback next year. Um, but I think the fact that you are doing something different, you're getting a different style quarterback in there. I I, I have not heard from a large section of the fan base that's like, I would rather see Matt Ryan yeah. out there. No, it's the intrigue of the unknown. Matt, Sam Ellinger has been on the team for a couple years now. Nobody knows what he can do outside of preseason plays. So it'll be fun to see him go up against you know a defense that's actually live game in regular season. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I don't know what he can do, but that's going to be a lot of fun on 425 on Sunday. We get to find out. And Corey goes, the problem is the Colts are built to win now. The Pacers are not. Like, are they, though? I don't think so. And, and I think that's what? what they thought. That's what they thought when they've acquired Matt Ryan, that they're a quarterback away. And I don't know. Have you seen anything? Like I still think there is a, a massive step to where you've seen Buffalo and Kansas City and even Baltimore, those teams consistently in the AFC in recent years, hell, Tennessee, than where the Colts are. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of more teams that are in the Colts range than the Bills and the Chiefs right now. That's the one thing about the NFL this season. There's a lot of parity in 2022, so they're more in line with the rest of the league, but they're still not a quarterback away from yeah, you got to get out of purgatory, right? You got to get out of purgatory. All right, we'll continue this conversation coming up next. Matt Taylor joins us in 10 minutes. You're listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Mark, I got this from uh, Brock during the break. I think where I'm struggling is that I feel like with Matt Ryan, there was always that possibility of getting hot and making a run. Both Ellinger, it's like there's no way we could make a run to the Super Bowl. Not saying that Ryan made us Super Bowl contenders, but the ceiling was higher. Um, you know, where I would argue, I, I, I understand, okay, is the ceiling higher in 2022 with Matt Ryan at quarterback and Sam Ellinger? I guess. Um, I mean, he's been there, done that. But, but my argument would be, watch the first seven games. Yeah, and in the flow of the game, you know, take out these fourth quarters where you had to come back because the Matt Ryan mistakes were there. 
your offense was in sync for what two quarters against Jacksonville yeah and how many times did they lead you said it's like one of the fewest it's like seven percent we could probably ask Matt Taylor here coming up about how little they've led this I mean season. at any point did you say this team is Super Bowl contenders no, not like, at all especially I, I, on the offense even especially heading into the, the season with Matt Ryan I was like I was never, never pegging the Colts as Super Bowl contenders and then you saw the last seven games there was nothing that gave me any indication that they were going to get hot and if they did get hot could they even translate it to a quarter by quarter basis or even game by game basis yeah. trends through seven games and the trend was this is one of the worst offenses in the NFL yeah. I mean Matt Ryan put up yards but that was all he was doing besides putting the ball on the ground so I I, I couldn't disagree more with that one Ken you want to talk a little Colts hello Ken Ken we lose him Kenneth Ken's out. Well, that's disappointing. Maybe he maybe he heard my Rocky impression earlier and he didn't like it. I think people liked it in the YouTube yeah. chat, right? I mean, you said Phillies and seven. So Hey, I'm coming out of you, Phillies and Seven. Sam Fritz, calm down over there. <laughs> Sam Fritz likes it. All all I'm saying is uh, you know, Philadelphia fans are always going a step above what the actual reality possibly will be. So Phillies in six. Do you have that uh, Terry McLaurin audio? I do, yes. You mind dialing this up? Pretty pretty big one for Terry McLaurin this Sunday inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Here was his, um, his thoughts earlier in the week. Good job of just focusing on what's really important. Um, winning this game is the most important thing, uh, but I'd be lying if I say it's not kind of cool to be able to go back to where I grew up, kind of where my affinity of football started. Um, one, I was fortunate to win a few state championships in Indianapolis, that stadium. Win a few Big Ten championships in that stadium. Grew up a Colts fan, sitting in Section 540 with my dad. So I had a lot of uh, memories about Indianapolis, and uh, it's going to be cool to be able to be on the field, you know what I mean? Like really, as an opposing player, that's kind of crazy. Um, but it's just it's, it's reflecting on that is like how blessed I've been, how, how good God's been in my life. And uh, you just never know where your journey's going to be. You couldn't have told me when I was seven years old that I wouldn't be playing. That's pretty cool, Mark. I, I can't recall many times the Colts have hosted a home game and the arguably the best player on the opposing team has indie memories like Terry McLaurin does. Yeah, and he's had big games at Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, huge. So. Yeah, two touchdowns in the Big Ten title, obviously one state titles, I think. In total, I think it was three total touchdowns he had for Ohio State in those Big Ten games. So he mentioned around who, 70 tickets that he's had to who, be. Who do you think it's a bigger game for, for on Sunday? Sunday? Sam Ellinger or Terry McLaurin? Ooh, I mean, you got to go with Ellinger. Is it, though? Because Terry McLaurin, don't you want to show out for your uh, sure. hometown and, crowd and, and again, he's got 70 is, tickets? Sold? In all likelihood, it's the only time he's going to play in Indy or at least be in his prime playing in Indy. But still, Mark, a six-round pick, you dream of this yeah. to get the opportunity I, to be a quarterback. I feel like Terry McLaurin, though, you said he's a lifelong Colts fan I and all know. that stuff, so you get to actually play on Lucas Oil Stadium in the NFL. For your NFL, that's gotta be pretty cool. Sam Ellinger's playing for his NFL life. That's true. These next two and a half week or two and a half months, it so. should be fun. Like I said, I the I thought at first the luster came off this game with Wentz and Ryan. No, no, play, but no, I'm there actually, are plenty. I'm juiced up for it. I'm excited. Plenty of storylines. We'll continue that conversation next. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. It's Kevin and Query, Mark Dykedon in for the European traveling Jake Query, Kevin Bowen here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Joining us now, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. He'll be on the call Sunday when the Colts take on the Commanders. 
A uh, different quarterback matchup than you were expecting uh, at the start of the season, right, right, Matt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whoever on the bingo card had uh, Sam Ellinger <laughs> versus Taylor Heineke, go ahead and get your prize. That's that's the that's the take-all right there. That's the cover-all. You get the $100 bill on your way out. Well, that's where I wanted to start, Mate. Beautiful job on Twitter a few days back, giving us a nice phonetic um, action there. Ellen, <laughs> like Ellinger, right? It is Ellinger. I've heard it both ways, Ellinger, Ellinger, um, but it is Ellinger, as in Austin Powers, baby. Gur, baby. Ellinger. Nice. Yeah, Tony the Tiger right there, Matt Taylor. <laughs> well, well, while we're on the pronunciation train, what, what, what else do we screw up too much on the Colts card? O'Kara K? I got that right, right? No, you guys are good at that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Okereke is pretty commonplace now uh, as compared to week three last year when we blew it up. Um, Shaq Leonard, I think, has become standard in yeah. town. Um, let's see, Dio Dangbo, I think people got that down. What about Abad- number 59, the guy that yeah. had the sack and did the dance a few weeks ago? <laughs> I always liked him in the preseason. That's right, Afadi Adeniobo from Northwestern. He's been around. He's, he's a really good player. Do that again. Afadi Adeniabo. Boy. Yeah, he did the uh, – who who was that against? Was that Tannehill? He did the, the sword dance. Remember that after the sack? I'm trying to think who um, that was against. Maybe Mahomes? I don't know. Yeah, man, I don't, it's all it's all getting blurry at this point. We played yeah. seven games plus three preseason <laughs> games and training camps. So, yeah, there's there's things that are starting to mesh together. I think it was a home game, if memory serves. Yeah. Well, Fadi Deniobo, I feel like you say that in the mirror three times and, like, spirits come at you or something. That's like yeah. something you find in, like, a witchcraft book. It's like a Halloween ritual. Yeah. Don't say those words. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> my 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 Friday night Saturday night ritual is to uh, go over my notes once again, just sort of refresh everything so that it's it's there on Sunday. But then also to hit the pronunciation guide really hard. So for um, Washington, they've got Diami Brown. Uh, they've got Sadiq Charles. They've got Kalik Hudson. Um, and then one of my favorite. He's a he's a Canadian native. They've got Benjamin St. Juice, Ooh. but it's spelled J-U-S-T-E. So a little French-Canadian there, but it's pronounced St. Juice. And then also in the all-name team out of Wisconsin, Rashad Wild Goose. Oh, my and that's, gosh. That's, he should that's be a fullback. That's a great last name. Right. Rashad Wild Goose. Like, that's that's legitimately his last name, which is fantastic. So gosh, he's going to play. That. He's probably their nickel corner, and he's going to see the field a lot. Absolutely love it. Educate, educate and entertain. That's what we do here on Kevin Query. Matt Taylor helping us out in that department today. Our coverage will begin at 1.30. I actually think JMV comes on at 12.30 this Sunday with the 4.25 kickoff. Uh, Mayte, I think one of the big like individual matchups for Sunday that we haven't <laughs> talked about a whole lot this week because there's been other topics, but how about like Terry McLaurin against Stephon Gilmore? I got my popcorn ready for that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is great. I mean, it's a great storyline with the local tie as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I called some of his games in high school, and I thought, man, this is a great player, and he's, you know, the best player on, on a really good cathedral team. But I didn't think he'd be, you know, what he is, a number one getting paid, you know, handsomely uh, before his rookie contract was up. So, yeah, that's, that's a great matchup with the, you know, game within the game, if you will. Um, so really excited to see what that, um, you know, how that transpires. Also excited to see, you know, how this Colts offensive line can hold up and and do a better job in pass protection with that front four. 
um, from the commanders. That's that's a really formidable force there with Montez Sweat and Deron Payne. Jonathan Allen is probably in the running for best nose tackle with Grover Stewart in the NFL, and then James um, Smith-Williams, and they're even better when Chase Young comes back. So, you know, the Colts are trying to find that, that running game with a different scheme or tweak in the scheme, if you will, with Sam Ellinger. So we'll see how they can navigate you know, those two parts of the game on the outside, trying to slow down their best receiver and then trying to establish Jonathan Taylor against a very formidable front four and front seven. Um, DK wanted me, and I don't know, maybe I've been pronouncing this the wrong way. I thought I had it right. Is it Yannick Ngakwe? Yannick Ngakwe, yes, sir. But not Yannick, correct? It is unique, yes. Unique, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. I think we've covered them all. Hawk. Unique is Matt, unique. Matt Hawk, right? The, the, the punter, not hack? Yeah, it's still it's still Matt Hawk. Yeah, and I know we're still getting uh, people on Twitter about the the Jag. It's the Jaguars, not Jaguar. That's that's going to happen regardless. Can we punt? Can we punt that into uh, some other stratosphere? Because I am so sick and tired of hearing about that. Um, So you say Jaguars one time, and then you got people four years later still on you. Oh, I always say Jaguars, man. Come on now, you got it. I'm I'm totally backing you on that one. Jag. So every time we play Jacksonville, it is the overemphasis on Jaguars because of clowns on Twitter. <laughs> so Matt, uh, what were your initial thoughts on Sam Ellinger getting the nod, and then how do you think the Commanders uh, scheme against him on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, initial thoughts was just, I mean, just kind of like everybody else. I mean, when you just look at it on the the surface value of it all, it's just you know, wow, what a move. I mean, because the Colts are going from. A guy that's, and I said this all week, you know, a 15-year veteran that's top 10 all-time in everything that's played in the Super Bowl to a guy that's, you know, prior to Sunday's never thrown a pass in the NFL in the regular season. But you understand the move if you just sort of take the names and the faces out of the equation and you, you watch the games, you look at the stats, you see the rankings, you see, you know, where, where things are going and how they've gone through seven games, you do come to the conclusion that, that something needs to change and maybe a spark is warranted, and that's where the Colts are at right now, going to this measure of inserting a, a guy that's got a lot of potential. They've wanted to see what he can do, and, um, you know, they're just, you know, trying to find some sort of jolt, some sort of spark, some catalyst to get this thing going. And this is not a punt job. It's not – waving the white flag is there's still 10 games left and Tennessee's not going to run away with the division. So they still think they're in this and they, they legitimately think that, that Sam Ellinger can, can be the guy that, that gets them back on track and gets them in the hunt here. So we'll see how it goes. Now, with that being said, I mean, again, he's making his first start on Sunday. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be growing pains. There's going to be, you know, series that, that go wrong. He's going to make mistakes. He's probably going to throw some, uh, you know, some some passes that that either get knocked down or they might get intercepted in a crucial time. I mean, that's just he's essentially a rookie in that regard. So, um, but but I do think that he can add a little bit of a spark to this offense with the mobility, help the the protection that hasn't uh, held up to the degree that they wanted it to or or how, or how it has in years past. Um, and and I think the the arm velocity is there. I mean. I just don't think if the Colts, if, if this were hypothetically a year ago and, and let's say Carson Wentz is struggling and the Colts offense is struggling um, in 2021 like it is in 2022, I don't think Sam's ready. But because of the offseason work that he's put in, 
and the amount of time uh, that he spent with Tom House and just the improvement that he has shown, the, the, the drastic improvement from year one to year two, um, you know, I do think he's ready for this moment, and I don't think he's going to be phased by the pressure. I mean, I don't think he feels pressure. I mean, this is a, a Texas guy playing at Texas for 43 games in college where they, they love, uh, you know, football. I mean, Sam Ellinger being a quarterback at Texas is like Damon Bailey being a, you know, sharpshooter from Indiana. Right, like, right. This is, he's not going to be overwhelmed by this. Um, but that being said, you know, it's up to the teammates to, to you know, prop him up and, and play the best for him in order for the Colts to have a shot at, at turning this thing around after a 3-3-1 three, three and one start. Again, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Mate, I thought you had a really good college comparison, or I guess a recent college comparison, for Sam Ellinger the other day. And I know some fans will probably want to puke at it, but it, I, I do think it is uh, – a similar playing style, and uh, you use Peyton Ramsey for Sam Ellinger, the former IU quarterback who we know ended at Northwestern, of a guy that um, are there questions, are there limitations about vertical passing and mm-hmm. arm velocity and you know fitting balls into tight 16, 18-yard windows down the field? Certainly. Like, Ellinger's going to have to prove that on Sunday. But I think there's also a guy that knows how to process pretty well, can keep some plays alive with his legs, can give you a running threat really well outside of the pocket. And I think that's where the Colts have got to cater towards Ellinger on Sunday is the bootleg, um, the RPO stuff. Get him comfortable. Get him back to feeling like he's at Texas with Mm -hmm. how you're calling things. Yeah, I mean, and granted, I mean, I fully admit, I, I don't, I didn't see a lot of Sam Ellinger in college because, quite frankly, I don't get to watch a lot of college football. You know, with with this job and this lifestyle, I, I don't have a lot of free time on Saturdays to just sit around and watch ball. But the times that I did catch Ellinger in college, I did come away thinking. He plays a lot like the IU quarterback, you know, in 2018, 2019. And, and maybe he was a, a better version of Peyton Ramsey. I think that's how I classified it. He was, he did it at the time have uh, better arm strength, more velocity than, than Peyton Ramsey. But when things did sort of get muddy in the pocket, he could create. He could get a, a third down and five with his feet and scramble and have that debilitating um, ability to get a third down and, and just cripple a defense, if you will, in terms of emotion and, and, and psychological letdown. When you, when you give up a, a third down to a quarterback scramble, I can tell you firsthand, like that is so deflating. Yeah, it's backbreaking. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. So – you know, when when you watch Ellinger now, though, he does have those secondary throws. He's he's attempting passes now that I don't think he would have last year. He's he's got those secondary throws where he's got you know like the deep out or the comebacks or the digs or the long overs between linebackers and safeties. Um, you know, and, and Frank Reich talked about that you know back in training camp, and then obviously this week with the storyline being what it is. I mean, if 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 you're a player one to ten uh, in terms of improvement, it, it's hard to go from like even a guy that comes in as a rookie as like a seven or an eight and go to from one off season to the next to like an eight point five. Well, Sam went from like a seven to like an eight and a half, and that's really hard to do. And that's because of his personal dedication to his craft, um, you know, taking the onus on himself to work with Tom House, and just being such a 
um, you know, a, 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 a student, if you will, of, of science with those three elements. He talked about it, torque from the lower body, functional fitness, which is the way your shoulders shaped, and then, you know, trying to put that all together with, with the force, you know, the way that you use the ground to use that power, you know, uh, from your feet. So I know I'm getting – what I just said, I don't even understand, but that's what <laughs> Sam Ellinger talked yeah, about in the like offseason. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, it's like a two-year process with, with Tom House, so he's only halfway there. But you, you saw just how improved he is from a velocity standpoint from his rookie year to now. All right, I'll, I'll do a less scientific question here for you. Better chances Jim Ursay says hi to Carson Wentz or Daniel Snyder on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Jim will obviously uh, speak with Carson. I, I, I have no idea to uh, – I, I can't pretend to understand the ins and outs of the, the feud there between the owners, so I'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, no doubt the storylines of this game have certainly changed within the last two weeks. We thought it was going to be – you know, uh, you know the the former quarterback trying to prove that you know his exodus was unwarranted, and now it's you know uh, the Colts making a shift with ten games left, trying to find a spark on offense, and now you've got all this uh, outside uh, you know with with the owners and you know the owners' meetings, and our franchise is going to be sold. So I just sort of stay in my lane and just worry about the X's and O's. Looks I like I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know if you typically do this with Ring of Honor stuff, but do you guys carry halftime on the radio? Like, will you carry the Ursay Tart Glenn audio? So what we do is it's it's really difficult for us just because of, you know, sponsors and elements that we need to get in during halftime. I mean, right. for those that don't know, halftime is always a crunch. And even with, um, you know, the Tariq Glenn Ring of Honor ceremony, we're only getting one extra minute. So it goes from 13 minutes to 14 minutes, which – I personally think every halftime in sports should be that short, but it's very short in the NFL compared to like college football or college basketball. Yeah, it's so like we really twenty minutes in college football. Yeah, it's it's it, it just sort of you know drags out. But you know we've got sponsorship elements. Unfortunately, we got to fit in. So what we do is we end up taping it at halftime. Um, and, and there's certain things about the Ring of Honor ceremony that, that, that don't translate to radio, like when they throw to a Jumbotron video feature. Like, that's not going to obviously translate well to the audio medium. So we take that out, but we will obviously record the speeches from uh, Jim Irsay and Tarek and ha- record those and have those in full, and we'll play that in full on the postgame show, and we'll also post that audio on Colts.com after the game uh, for anybody that missed it. So we can't get it in the halftime because of you know scoreboard features and stats features that are sold, so um, we'll get it in after the game. Makes sense. Okay, last one from me, Mate. I thought one of the bright spots from Sunday that, again, just with how the news cycle has gone, we haven't talked about it a lot. I thought Jonathan Taylor looked back to his normal self and I'm talking last year normal self I I felt like he made some cuts laterally that were pretty impressive 10 carries for 58 yards Um, I know Washington's got a good defensive front but now with Ellinger having or now the quarterback for the Colts having the threat of a run um, I feel like there's an opportunity for this run game to start feeling a little bit more consistent success that really hasn't been there at all this season 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Jonathan Taylor last week, we forget. I mean, he averaged 5.8. That was a really good game. He he did look good. I know he wasn't getting the ball, you know, 25 times, um, you know, towards the end of last year. But uh, he did look good. He was he was cutting better, jump cutting. You know, he was taking, uh, you know, tacklers for rides, if you will. He was good after contact. Um, so he did look, I, I thought, like he did back in week one against Houston when he went over 100 yards and just sort of put that offense on his shoulder towards the end of that game in the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, but, yes, I do think schematically it should, in theory, help Jonathan Taylor in this running game because of the threat of the mobility from Sam Ellinger to pull it out on a read zone or a read option. Um, so, again, I think that's sort of the genesis of this move and why the Colts are making it. So they can have that element presence in the offense that has just struggled so much to find you know, rhythm and points and – I think if Sam Ellinger can, he's got to find that balance of knowing when to take off, knowing how to read an RPO, but also trusting his teammates. Um, But right now the Colts are just trying to infuse anything into that offense because of the the poor protections this year, the turnovers. I think he'll do a better job of just understanding to steal a line from you because I've heard you this week, and I do agree with you, of understanding when a play is doomed, let's not make a bad play worse by making a bad decision and turning the football over because – and I'll say it for the umpteenth time. I mean, if you could live with the Colts scoring whatever it is, 15, 16 points per game and the sacks and all that, if they just don't turn the ball over, honest to God, they would probably have at least one more win, maybe two. And, and that's crazy to say, but that's that's how you know alarming these turnovers have been and how costly they've been. So you probably beat Houston, and you, you probably win at least one of those Tennessee games if you just don't turn the football over. So that, that's where I think Sam will come in and have a good football IQ and understand where to go with the football and maybe more importantly where not to go with the football. You like the 425 kick? I do not. <laughs> I do not. I am, I am a fan of the 1 o'clock, be done by 4 o'clock, uh, be home by dinner by about 6 put the kids to bed, uh, go back to work, be done with your day by about 10. Instead, it's going to be I'll miss dinner, I'll miss the kids, and I'll be done work with work by about uh, 2 in the morning. So, no, yeah. I am not a fan of the 4 o'clock. The only, the only saving grace is it's a home game. It's all about repetition for Matt Taylor. It's all about me. I, I am so routine-based that I – that I kind of agree. I know I've tried to been talking myself into it this week. I'm like, oh, I can spend a lot of time with the family, and then I'm thinking, no, Maddie would much rather have me home at, oh, yeah. at dinner time and for bedtime. Quality control, brother. Quality mm-hmm. control. Yeah, yep. lacking here with this national broadcast, but uh, <laughs> no one cares about that. Matt Taylor, have a great call. Again, our coverage, 1230 with John over at Bullseye, 130. Our network coverage will begin. Mate, uh, see you Sunday. I appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. That's Matt Taylor right down the Payless Liquors hotline. I guess I'll see him later today, actually. Final practice of the week. I Will we know who the punter's going to be? I, I, I was going to say, like, outside a punter, I don't really know. Again, I think Shaquille Linder will play. I think Quiddy Pay will not play, unless I'm missing some people on the injury report. I think the Colts are in decent shape, if not, like, we just know how things look right now. Yeah, it's much more... Curious about who's all going to play for the Commanders. They got kind of a laundry list of of injuries at yeah, the moment. Yeah, do you do you have that up? Yeah. Um, what's that linebacker's name? He's their leading tackler. Cole Holcomb is yeah. that what you're talking? Yeah, he's foot a, injury. He was a DNP on Thursday. So was Jonathan Allen. But Jonathan Allen was rest, right? Right. Because he's a stud. Jahan Dotson. Uh, I mean, Logan Thomas was limited.
Jonathan Williams was limited. Taylor Heineke was a full point. Yeah, they got that. And then I saw, uh, I think it was Schefter had a thing that um, Chase Young has been activated. He's got like 21 day, the 21 day right. window. Won't now play, but yeah, yeah, he's activated. Yeah, they, they, they could get some help on there, but they've got a laundry list of an injury report for themselves to start practice. Um, yeah, so definitely from a health standpoint, Colts are in much better shape than the Commanders. All right, the pop quiz is going to come up in less than 10 minutes. Freebie Friday. 317-239-1070. That is a Jiffy Lube oil change that we'll be giving away to whoever gets on board with us. Lara Overton just texted me and she said that she's a fan of the 425ers. Oh. She get to do an extra doesn't she do she does pregame miles or whatever, like the mile a day thing? So she get an extra mile in because it's uh, a four twenty five. That's a great question. Yeah. She well, could probably stretch out that morning run. Yeah. It's kind of mid mid afternoon, maybe. She says that they um, they get there four hours before kickoff, so getting there at noon allows her to sleep in a bit, still have a full a.m. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, it's only Longer once. workout in all caps, Mark. It's once in a while. I mean, it's, it, it's it, rare. Is this, yeah. I mean, I it's not it, like the Chargers or something who are, I mean, I get Greta, they, they're in a different time zone and stuff, but you only get the late start every so often. There was one year where the Colts, I think, had 425ers to like start the year, a couple of them. Um, so would you rather have 425s or primetime? What's worse for for you guys? I I would just I'd rather just be in prime time at that point. Okay. I don't know. Having said that, that Denver game, I went to bed at like two, and then yeah, just watching know, it, it was like twelve thirty. I'm like, come on, my eyes are bleeding right now. So after this Sunday, it'll be one o'clock New England on the road at Las Vegas at four o five. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, home to the Eagles one o'clock Monday Night Football. Boy, you have um. You've got three primetime games coming up. Pittsburgh, Monday night. Dallas, the next Sunday night. That's at Dallas. And then the Chargers game, Monday the 26th. I'm curious. Are we getting so, on the verge of flexing out Sunday games? Isn't that we're getting close to that? So, no way they're flexing out the Cowboys no, on I don't Sunday think so. night. I'm, call me crazy, Mark. Week 17, the second to last game of the season. The Giants are a 1 o'clock game. I, I I would have to look at what the rest of the schedule is that week, but if the Giants are like good or competing for a playoff spot, they might want to put the Giants in primetime. That could be true. I mean, you said week 17, that is? Uh, Rams-Chargers, actually, is that Sunday night. They, mm. they probably don't want to mess with that. And Vikings-Packers, that could have some juice to it. They could always flex to that one or something. Yeah. Yeah, if there's a couple on there. I stand corrected. Broncos-Chiefs, if they ever figure it out. Oh. I don't think they are. So I don't think you have to worry about that one. Mile high club for Russell Wilson. Again, I I only know one definition of that. Time for a morning check down. The morning check down brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Adrian, the World Series starts tonight. We got the Phillies taking on the Astros. 803 <laughs> first pitch. Altuve. You're not going to hit any buzzes on this one, buddy. Reese Hoskins going to take care of you. Aaron Nola. You sound like Boo Boo from the Yogi. Kind of. I think that's, I, that's kind of what show. Sylvester Stallone's turned into, I think. Is Altuve still in the massive slump? I think so. Is he? I, I don't I've know. got Phillies in seven. I said Phillies in seven, too. And Sam's like, despite being a Phillies fan, is like cursing us 
Like it, under his breath. It's just the fact that you're sleeping on this 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 oh, Philly sleeping team. On Phillies and six, but then I said Phillies. They, and, would Phillies and four make you happy? Every series so far. I said would Phillies and four make you happy? And he's like, well, you're going too far it, now. I'm like, well, okay. Baseball. No, I didn't say you're going too far. I said now you're the superior Philadelphia fan. That's how it works out. Isn't there. more baseball more better for everybody? Isn't that what Fox would like? MLB is more wants, baseball. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. For immediate dominance. 8:03 first pitch tonight from Houston. Uh, last night, the Ravens 27-22 over the Bucks for the first time in his career. Tom Brady's lost three straight games for the first time in his career. His team is multiple games under 500. Both of those stats are absolutely absurd. Uh, Lamar Jackson, perfect in the second half last night. Eight for eight, two touchdowns. Um, was it 10-3 at half? I'm trying to think. I mean, the Bucks yeah. had a lead. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I had the over 13.5 on the second half, second quarter. They didn't even get close they didn't score a point so that wasn't great the falcons and the panthers are going to play a football game on sunday marcus Mariota and pj walker the winner of that game will be leading the nfc west nfc south at the midway point of the season somewhere roger goodell's got to be like jeez, can we get them out of hosting a home playoff game you would hope so i don't think it's going to happen though Shout out to IUPUI, by the way. Got a 101 oh, to 60 Jags? win over Brescia last night. Exhibition for the Jags. Let's go. Yeah. Was that at the jungle or at the state fair? It was in the jungle, I believe. I have, I have no idea. I, could, I couldn't tell you, to be quite honest. But I saw that score. I was like, whoa, that's nice to see. So there you go. Pacers wise, you got the Pacers taking on the Wizards in primetime national television. Chalk that one up there for surprises. Uh, Pacers in a two game losing streak. They'll hope to get right. Taking on Bradley Beal and the Wizards. That is at 7 30. Uh, you can hear it on our air starting at 7 o'clock. And we got some Miles Turner audio. This is Turner after his debut the other night, uh, knocking off the rust. Uh, first game back in about 10 months. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been playing basketball, you know, at this level since January. I think um, game was moving a little fast, and you know, my mind was moving a little fast, you know, passing my body. I think it's going to take some time for me to, you know, get that, uh, get that rhythm back. But, you know, I think that's what, uh, that's what these reps are for. It definitely looked rusty for Miles the other night there. One of seven from the field, 0 for 4 from behind the arc. So, again, it'll be the Wizards tonight and then Saturday and Monday, two games at the Nets, both of those 7 o'clock tips. How do you think those next three games shake out? No oh boy. Well, I need at least one. For, you would for like to. Yeah, right I, now. Are you really nervous right now about your 30 plus yeah, 30? I, it's not getting off to a great start. I needed good health, and that's not happening at all. So is your is your bet – over 29 and a half or is it just no. 30 or more well isn't that the same well no because sometimes like i don't know if you need like i guess it is but 30 plus, <laughs> is it 30 plus wins math has never been a strong suit well no that, the, i'm that, sitting in, in the chair where arithmetic you know what is the, what's the percentage here 70 70 percent no i need i mean i need 30 i need a 30 and 52 record i didn't know if you bet on an actual like just alternate like win total of over 29 and a half or you actually picked like 30 plus or something at least 30 wins is what I need. So you're not feeling great right now? No, not at all. Boy, you were off to... You were, and the other thing I need... You hot to trot. I, I need teams to start resting guys against the Pacers. Start treating the Pacers like they're a bad team, because they are a bad team. Like, start treating them like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you look at that schedule and say, let's rest. Load management, baby. But not tonight, because they're on ESPN, right? Can't you not load management on national TV? I, I'm curious to see who's all going to play on the Nets in the next couple of days. Because well, I feel the Nets like they, are struggling. They need That's wins. what I'm saying. They've had, But they also probably got the Pacers back-to-back games. They might be like, hey, you know what? Like, you know, let's see what happens here. Jake is tweeting out Rocky videos now. He should be enjoying his European vacation. 
We got Jake's pick to give out, right? We do. For the game on Sunday? Yeah. He's got kind of a high-scoring affair. We'll he does, which I surprised me, considering who the quarterbacks are going to be. But that's fine. Maybe he's forgotten. He's hammering the over, apparently. On Sunday. All right, it's time for the pop quiz. 317-239-1070. Freebie Friday here. Jiffy Lube oil change is coming your way. Some football, some baseball, a little bit of basketball as well. Give us a call. All right, little Freebie Friday action here. Scotty said we've given away the answers to a couple of these. That was unintentional, I think. Now, what Russell Wilson did on the plane is going to lead him to playing this Sunday? Is that the word? That's the word from Schefter. Russell Wilson will start against the Jaguars on Sunday in London. Russell Wilson's really become unlikable, hasn't he? I mean, I feel like he's just a there's bit been much. whispers that he's kind of irritable, but like I think he's... He's like the tattletale in the class. I feel like the subway commercial and then... Yeah, do, uh, saying that I was up and doing lunges and stuff for four hours while everyone else slept on the flights. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Gosh, it's like, and then saying let's ride after like every game, even when you're getting torched and not playing well. What was his Eagles one? It was he would do something about the Seahawks, you know, at, at the end of each interview. Like, I don't know, let's go twelve remember. or whatever their mantra yeah. is. And I feel like it's pump the brakes, Russ. Sit down for a little bit. And Dan says, just call me and get me on the pop quiz. Desperately needing a oil change. Dan, you got to call us. Yeah. One of these callers will be getting a free oil change here to round out the week. Mark Dykton, a number one through eight. Go with uh, two. Numero dos. Two is that is... the exiting of Matt Ryan there? Two is out Well, again. that, and I was going to say this is our second show of the week together. So, okay. okay. I like it. Who we got, Sam? Two is Chris. What's up, Chris? Chris. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Good, good. Just got off work. Nice. Remind us again, what do you do? I know you've called before, Chris. Oh, yeah. I drive a forklift for uh, Dayton Freight. That's right. Jake always asks if he can drive the forklift. Yeah. Yeah. He could. I would like to see Jim Ursay drive that and try and pick up Daniel Snyder in it about halftime on Sunday. Yeah, that'd be fun to watch. (laughs) That'd be a a good sight. Okay. um, You want uh, Mark or myself to start you off here on today's pop quiz? yourself all right let's go Colts nope, a- no thanks mark that's all right none taken colts commanders on sunday who leads the all-time series 21 to 10 including the last four that'd be cold with tampa bay's loss last night the bucks fell to three and five on the season when was the last time a team with tom brady as starting quarterback was multiple games below 500 was it A, 2012, B, 2006, C, 2002, D, this is the first time? Let's say 2002. Man. Really hoping Chris was listening throughout the show, but again, he just got off work. So uh, right. maybe another guess at that, Chris? Pretty unprecedented. 2012? Really unprecedented. Again, your options are 2012, 2006, 2002, or this is the first time. Oh, first time. Yeah, historic. Mm-hmm. All right, number three here, Chris. The World Series opens tonight in Houston. Astros and Phillies. The Phillies are managed by Rob Thompson. I swear that dude taught me an algebra back at Clay Junior High. Uh, who replaced Joe Girardi earlier this season? Name the last team to reach the World Series after firing its manager earlier in the season. An older fella. Uh, the 2011 Texas Rangers, the 2005 Astros, the 2003 Marlins, or the 93 Phillies? 
I think that was 03, 03 Marlins. Jim Pretty solid, right. pretty solid guess. All right. The Brooklyn Nets lost yet again last night despite getting 39 points from Kyrie Irving and 37 from Kevin Durant. Kyrie and KD each have scored 100-plus points over the past three games, and the Nets have lost all three of them. Only one time previously in NBA history has a team lost three in a row in which two players have scored at least 100 points apiece over the three-game skid. Which team did it first? Was it the 1983 Denver Nuggets, the 1962 Philadelphia Warriors, the 1970 Cincinnati Royals, or the 1990 Phoenix Suns? I guarantee you this is not one of the two answers we gave away today. Unbelievable, Scotty. I'll go with the 90 Suns. Okay. Okay, and to round it out, Chris, again, no matter what happens, stay on the line. Happy 85th birthday to Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame player and coach Lenny Wilkins. Wilkins retired as coach in 2005 with a record of 1,332 wins, a record since surpassed by Don Nelson and Greg Popovich. Does he still have the record for most losses? Still has that one? Okay. Uh, Name the last NBA team Lenny Wilkins coached. Raptors, Knicks, Cavs, or Hawks? I'm going with the Hawks. Okay. All right, let's see how Chris did. Start things off. Colts Commanders on Sunday. Who leads the all-time series? He said the Colts. He said the Colts, and that's correct. 21-10, and 10, including winning the last four in a row. Boy, I have, like, no memories of these yeah. last meetings with them. Yeah. Was it, was it Colt McCoy? Uh, Bucks fell to three and five last season. When was the last time Tom Brady is starting QB? Felt multiple games under five hundred. He was correct. This is the first time. Uh, he went three for three. The third one was the other one we mentioned earlier in the show. Jack McKeon, the last time an interim manager in the World Series. That was correct, Chris. The 03 Marlins. Trouble afoot here. Not surprising because this is a Not wild question. Uh, Scotty on a Friday? Basically, Kyrie. I'm trying to shorten this as best I can. Kyrie and Katie have scored 100 points in the last three games each. Uh, they've lost all three, as the Brooklyn Nets have. Only one time previously has that happened. He said it was the 1990 Phoenix Suns. It was actually the 1983 Denver Nuggets. Alex English, English and Kiki Van Van Wag. Van away. Van away. I need I need Matt Taylor to give me a phonetic thing of that. So and then uh, New York Knicks uh, was last team Lenny Wilkins coached. Uh, was the fifth question. So Chris, thanks for playing. Hang on the line. Uh, okay. Sam will get your information. You get the Jiffy Lube oil change. Sam gave him the early boot there. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. But he, Sam's he's he's ready for game one tonight. Yeah, like I said, if you're a pro wrestling fan, uh, call into the pop quiz next week. We've got WWE SmackDown tickets we're giving away all next week during the pop quiz. They'll be in town Friday, November 11th. I want, I'm curious, Pat McAfee is going to make a uh, appearance because he's usually been away from those shows with the college game day. If right. It's his back, if it's in his own backyard, you got to think he makes. You would an think appearance. he would. We'll see. Now, what, what day of the week is that? As a Friday night, my friend. Okay. And then, he, well, I guess I feel like Fridays isn't he usually going to wherever the college game day site is? But if he's in, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm Jackson just State for college game day this week. That'll be a fun I, one. I, I've I've enjoyed Kirk Herbstreit on Thursday night football. Yeah, I've gotten. I've heard some people say they don't like him and stuff. But I feel like. I mean, I think I go against the grain a little bit because the people hate Joe Buck, and I'm like, I, I like Joe yeah, Buck. Yeah, I like Buck, I don't too. think there's a problem with Joe Buck. But I think Herb Street and Michaels are a nice team together. I think they, they balance each other out. Michaels loves the last, – last night it was the understated in the NFL, emphasizing the under. He mm-hmm. loves his gambling. Yeah, he does. He's, 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 the, he's the goat in announcing. He's also the goat at announcing 
uh, gambling plays going on. But I think like he and Curb Street have a good, good uh, formula going. Whether they're talking old school Reds baseball at halftime or whatever to each other. They're a good team so far. I like it. I like the broadcast. I forgot Herb Street's a big Reds fan. Um, all right, speaking of gambling, we'll give out our picks here. Some locks that we feel like college football NFL-wise to end the week, and then a Colts pick. Again, favored by three and over under 39-and-a-half here uh, against the Commanders. We'll do that next here. Kevin Aquari with Mark Dykton on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. You're listening to Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I feel pretty good about some of these locks. Yeah? I've struggled with my college football action this mm-hmm. year, but I feel good about these. All right, let's hear some. Well, first, I think you have to bet Iowa Northwestern the over-under. Oh, I'm taking the under, given the history and the two teams that are playing. You know, saying it out loud, and again, it started at 35, it's up to 37 and a half. I mean, where are these numbers you coming need from? 23 to 17. Yeah. Like you say that out loud, you're like, there's no chance in hell. Right. Iowa Northwestern are doing I hammer it. the under. I usually am an overs guy, but there's no way I would take the over. I would not touch the over in that one. I think, again, the game to watch for Colts fans, Kentucky and Tennessee. Will Levis for Kentucky. Um, a guy that's certainly playing behind not a great offensive line. So he's used to that. Hendon Hooker, that Tennessee offense. Some people say it's a bit gimmicky, a little bit older, but I, I like what I've seen out of. Hendon Hooker this season, so I think you'll watch that one. My two college football locks, I'm going here. I am taking two home Big Ten underdogs. Give me Penn State getting 15.5 against Ohio State. That series has been pretty close. At home, I wish it was a night game, but, I mean, hell, give me 31-21. Give me 31-17, and I'm a winner. And I am taking the interim head coach-led Nebraska Cornhuskers to cover 7.5 at home against the Fighting Illini of Mm. Illinois. Interesting. I'm staying away from all that. Uh, I will take the Oklahoma State plus 1.5 over Kansas State. That's my lone college play. I I guess I throw the under in for the Iowa-Northwestern game. But that'll be that'll be my two plays for college. Sam, do you have any? Well, I I originally was going to do Penn State, Ohio State, but I don't want to repeat um, so you do like that? You like Penn I, State I to cover? I don't like Penn State to win, though, no. No, no, no. Or, I'm sorry, like, to, to cover the spread even? No, you like Ohio State. Yeah, I'm taking Ohio State. Oh, okay. This so is the counting. point. As a, Penn State's the only other Pennsylvania team I got. It's them and the Phillies. Okay. Penn State, the Ohio State game every year is what makes or breaks us, and nine times out of ten it breaks us. And right, I don't, but aren't I, the games close? Uh, depends. That's all I, I need. It's, it's either close or a blowout. <laughs> but either way, it usually goes to Ohio State. Um, so I honestly minus 15 and a half Ohio State doesn't sound too crazy to me, especially with how Penn State played against Michigan. Yeah, that got away from them. So, but that was on the road. It, to to add some diversity, I'm seeing Notre Dame at Syracuse, and as some revenge for this Phillies in seven thing, I will say revenge. Syracuse Orange oh, with a win. Oh, you can bleep off. Revenge for picking his team in seven games. I'm literally games. picking the Phillies, the Revenge. underdog Phillies, to win the World Series, and he just he's gonna go he's gonna put a knife in your tires after the show. Unbelievable! Are you in on Monday, Sam? I am Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Can no. we somehow rearrange that? <laughs> Kevin's gonna be coming in on donuts on all his tires. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, let's look at uh, the NFL slate for this weekend. 
Uh, the London game, Denver and Jacksonville, Russell Wilson is going to start in that game. Are you, are you surprised at all that Jacksonville's favored by th- – last no. I saw it was three and a half. I mean, the, London's the Jaguars' second home, so <laughs> – Well, it doesn't mean they win. No, it does. that's true, but I also – Two and a half, by the way. I also feel like the, the just the Broncos can't get out of their own way this season, so I, I will take the Jaguars on that one. So. Boy, I'm looking at this NFL slate, Mark, and I'm struggling with anything. There's a couple. I'll, I'll throw some at you. Okay, what do you like? Uh, Falcons, minus four against the Panthers in, in Atlanta. Giants, plus three and a half against the Seahawks. Both of those teams, the Giants and Falcons, six and one against the spread this season. Ooh, that's so we a good got, nugget. We've got some some stuff there. Another one I'll throw at you, the Bills, minus 11 against the Packers. Yeah, but you're I, I know you think you I, no, 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 no. Yes, I do not like the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is getting 11 and a half. <laughs> Don't you have to think about that? No. The Packers stink. They are not good. They are on the downswing. That's not just me saying as a Packers hater and as an Aaron Rodgers hater. The Packers are bad. I have friends who are Packers fans. Like the, we stink. Like yeah, you do. So no, take it's a, if it was against anybody else except the Bills and Chiefs, I would take that. Um, take the Packers. But Bills minus eleven. You get Sunday Night Football in Buffalo. Bills Mafia can be blowing through tables all night. <laughs> Give me the Bills, please. That atmosphere will be terrific. Is, Tannehill's playing, right? Uh, I believe so. That's my understanding. Titans minus two and a half at Houston? Yeah, that seems pretty low. But they've had their issues in Houston. So that one, I'm kind of, I am I looked at that one. I got kind of scared off because I know, given the AFC South, anything is possible you on a week-to-week basis. Surprised at all that the Patriots are a three-point favorite on the road at the Jets? A little bit. Um, same thing, the Jets are off to a surprisingly good start. I don't know how much I trust them, but that's another game I'm staying away from just from the unknown because do we even know is Mac Jones going to play or is it going to be Bailey Zappi again? I think it's Mac Jones. Yeah, I don't – it's such a mixed bag with the Patriots and Jets. Sam, Um, any NFL locks? Yeah, uh, I think that it's time for the Giants to fall apart. They're in Seattle against the Seahawks, and I have the Seahawks at minus three and a half. That seems doable. I think the Seahawks can beat this Giants team. And I'll even I'll even go so far as say Seahawks win and take the under, which is at 44 and a half. Ooh. Yeah. I like the Seahawks at home, but like I said, I like the three point. I, I'm going with the three points Giants since they're six and one against the spread. I'm gonna ride the hot hand there. That Monday night line is interesting. Bengals favored by three without Jamar Chase mm-hmm. on the road at the Browns. Has that changed at all since the Jamar uh, Chase that, stuff came I, out? I, I, I'm not I sure. I assume it's changed by a point or two. If I could have gotten it at four or five, that'd be Terrific. Uh, three intrastate matchups in the NFL this week. Steelers and Eagles, 49ers, Rams, Bengals, and Browns. I'm alive in one of those um, survivor, survivor pools. Pool. It, it restarted three weeks ago. I don't want anyone to think that I've somehow survived the first seven weeks of the season. So I've used Bucks, Rams, and uh, I used the Raiders last week. You got to go with two this week. I'm going Cowboys over your Bears, and I'm going Eagles over the Steelers. Well, you're going to be one for two. Bears hopefully can ride the hot hand of their Short performance week, on no Monday chance. nights. Although the Cowboys are banged up, aren't they? They are. Micah Parsons might not play. No Zeke? Maybe no Zeke. Plus nine and a half. Just saying. Uh, we're going to give our Colts pick here in just a second. We had uh, we started our college basketball previews earlier this week. We uh, looked at IU with Dustin DePirac. They have got uh, Marion in a scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Steve Downing, the AD there. At Marion, so that's the connection for Mike Woodson's bunch. Uh, Purdue, their scrimmage with Truman State is next week. So uh, we'll look at Purdue and Butler. Might have Thad Mata on. 
next week. I think Butler opens up a week from Monday with New Orleans. Um, For a second there, I thought Ron Hunter in New Orleans, but Ron Hunter's at Tulane. I think Tulane's actually supposed to have a good team this season. Okay, let's give our Colts picks. Uh, Minus three, the Indianapolis Colts, a 39-and-a-half over under. Should we start with Jake Query from across I'll, I'll the give pond? you Jake's. Yeah, he texted this morning at 3.09 a.m. So luckily I didn't get awoken, awakened, awoken, whatever well, by, I mean, by you that. You texted him probably when he was dead asleep. That's true. I told him. I, I apologize, though. I said I have no idea what time it is there. Whenever you have the chance, give us your pick. He said 27-24 Colts. Colts get a surprising spark. Then after this week, reality sets in. So he's taking the over, and he's taking the Colts. Boy, he's taking the over by a lot. By a lot, yeah. He thinks he thinks it's going to be a pretty much a, a gunslinging show between the two teams. All right, Sam Fritz. Uh, I'm just going to say flat out Colts money line Colts. Uh, I, I I think there's so much unexpected right now with what's going on on both sides. Ellinger stepping his quarterback, Commanders with some injury troubles. I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to predict a score. I'm just going to hope that Ellinger gets his stuff together with a win. I'm I'm picking a score. I'm going to say Terry McLaurin, his homecoming. He has a big game. Commanders 20 to 17 over the Colts. Ooh, I'm very close to that. I'm 20 to 19. Commanders um, worry about the Colts' offensive line holding up against Washington's D line. Again, I don't think Ellinger will barf all over the place. I think he'll handle himself okay. Uh, but that area of the game, do not like that match. I think Ellinger will look will look decent. But it'll be the guys around him that'll let him down a little bit. And again, our World Series picks. Sam has got Phillies and all all of us going Phillies. Yep. Phillies and six. And tonight especially, I'll take a minus two and a half. I can't root for the Astros. Can't You're taking the it. Phillies minus two and a half? You they've, won, they've won the first of every series. And uh, Verlander has the worst ERA, playoff ERA of a starting pitcher, or third worst, I think, going into this series. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.